0: Coming to you live from the same place we came last week, except this time with a flashy new director and a script that's probably not that great, but that's what happens when you reboot a podcast. This is the Movie Change-Up Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Fricke. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the thumbnail or the title of this video, we are doing an ultimate bracket of reboots. Uh, remakes and revivals. If you don't know what a reboot is, a reboot's basically like a franchise that was going strong on fizzled out and they decided to just kinda start over. Like Man of Steel was a reboot of the uh Superman franchise. You got your remakes, which is more just like there was a one off, they made it once and then uh a few years later they decided, Hey, that was popular, let's remake it again. Similar to uh Adam Sandler's Uh, longest yard remake which was you know remake of the burt reynolds version or a revival which is what we're calling a sequel that takes or that came out 10 years or more of the uh movie in the franchise that came before it like uh the prequels the phantom menace was kind of a revival of the star wars franchise it's in the same canon in the same timeline but it came out about 15 years uh later so that's kind of the videos we're cover, or the movies that we're covering today uh, before we go any further and talk about today's movies, I'll kick it to Johnny, who I think might have been his idea to do this uh, bracket, but the bracket was uh, his idea in general, I think. I'm not really sure. I don't have a great memory. Uh, Johnny, you know, what are your thoughts on this episode of reboots, uh, remakes, and revivals?
1: You know, we all kind of just came up with it together, I would say, um, to have... You know the idea for all three for sure it was kind of a brainstorming committee to it, but I will say it's fitting because this is what we do. This is why we started our show. We do reboots and remakes and pitch new versions of movies that we've all seen or forgotten about you know in our in our normal weeks. So I thought this was an interesting idea um and it's fitting for our podcast for movie change up. These are the actual reboots we get to talk about today. Um, which honestly don't come up that often in our show because we're rebooting things that maybe haven't seen reboots or remakes before um, or lesser known movies. So I think we get to talk about now, some um, have been on our, our previous brackets, a couple of them, but for the most part, we're talking about movies that I don't even know how the rest of you guys mainly feel about it more Bobby than anyone else. Cause um, you know, half of these we probably saw together. But, you know, I'm interested to see what Joe and Tristan's uh, thoughts on some of these movies are that have never really been brought up. So I think that'll be that'll be real interesting. And I'm excited.
0: All right. And uh, next, I'll go to Bobby. And my question for you is what was kind of your strategy? Because how I'll say this before I go to Bobby, how we kind of compiled our bracket is everyone submitted their top 10 uh, for the category. And then I figured out, okay, what's the crossover? And we ended up having 21 movies. Uh, between the four of us. So I took those 21 movies and ranked that, took uh, one out, uh, one of the bottom ones that was only on one list. And uh, so we came up had 20 movies overall, and then seeded them by the Rotten Tomato score to kind of get make it more interesting than last week. Last week it kind of went by chalk because we went kind of by our own ranking. So I decided, hey, let's switch it up, have a few more upsets and go by mm-hmm. uh, Rotten Tomato seeding. Uh, but Bobby, what was kind of your thought process in your top ten and compiling your top ten? Did you go by rewatchability factor? Did you go by how you know it kind of ranks over the original or the movie that came before it? What was your thoughts?
2: It was more just my feelings on the movie overall, which some of it was rewatchability. Um, I didn't really take the first one into. Uh, oh, then Tristan is doing something there, but I I didn't really look at the first one too much. Just how much I actually like the reboot or remake or whatever it is. Um. And, uh, yeah, so there's a couple that I definitely put on there because I've seen it a million times, whether it's on TV or something that I just put on myself. And it's a rewatchable movie and some that I haven't actually watched, like rewatched a bunch, but I loved it when I saw it and it stuck with me. And I just know the movie well from that. Um, But, yeah, it was more just the movies that stood out for me. Uh, Like I I made my original list and then I kind of did a quick Google to make sure I didn't like miss anything that I love uh there's some movies that were on the border like of my list that ended up making the bracket that i'm curious to see now that it's going to go up against something that i chose how i really feel about it you know in in this kind of format so uh, i'm looking forward to it it should be a fun fun bracket i like the idea especially including all three of these categories
0: all right and tristan my question for you is can you explain the reason for doing the having the controversial choice of wearing blackface for today's episode
3: <laughs> well, wow. you know, when you want to reboot or remake wow. something, people once in a while, you know, they make a big mistake when they reboot. So I'm, I'm here to represent some of the bad remakes and reboots. You know, uh, once in a while, you, you 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 have a good idea, you think you're gonna make it work, and then it doesn't work. Unfortunately, my camera is not working today. Uh, I had some battery issues, but I'm still here to talk about some great remakes and reboots. I think remakes sometimes get bad raps in conversations about movies. People are like, oh, uh, there's too many remakes, too many reboots are always so bad. And most of the time they are. <laughs> but we're here to talk about some of the ones that stood out as really, really good ones and some of the ones that impressed me. So I'm really having, uh, looking forward to this conversation here.
0: All right. So uh, before uh, we start uh, eliminating, eliminating some of these movies, let's talk about our bracket. In the... Top left corner with the one seed, we have Toy Story 3, and that will be facing off against the winner of The Thing and Dread. And in that same uh, side of the bracket, we have The Little Shop of Horrors going up against 310 to Yuma. In the bottom left corner of our bracket, we have in the four seed, Casino Royale, and that will be facing off against the winner of Ocean's Eleven and Prometheus. And then, in the five seed, we have Star Wars The Force Awakens, a revival of the Star Wars franchise. And in the 12th seed, we have 2005's King Kong, directed by Peter Jackson. In the top right corner of the bracket, we have the revival of the Mad Max franchise, Mad Max Fury Road, and that will be facing off against the winner of Rise of the Planet of the Apes and uh, Cruella. Also in that corner of the bracket, we have Martin Scorsese's Best Picture winning *The Departed* facing off against *Blade Runner* 2049. In the bottom right corner of the bracket, we have *Creed* going up against the winner of *Dune* and *Cape Fear*. And finishing off in our final matchup, we have *Invasion of the Body Snatchers* going up against one of my all-time favorites, *Batman Begins*. All right, so
3: a lot of rough lineup, a lot of rough matchups there.
0: Surprisingly surprising number of these movies came out in 2015 i believe the force awakens creed and, creed. and i think mad max fairy road but i could be
2: wrong yep it did i believe that was 2015
0: uh yeah yeah it was because i watched i was uh in denver when i watched it mm-hmm. all right so our first matchup of the day We have The Thing versus Dread, and I'll give a quick backstory of both these movies. The Thing came out in 1982, directed by John Carpenter. We actually talked about it last week for our uh, horror bracket. It's about a research team in Antarctica who is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. And uh, in the 17th seed, we have Dread. came out in 2012, directed by Pete Travis, written by Alex Garland. In a violent, futuristic city where the police have the authority to act as judge, jury, and executioner, a cop teams with a trainee to take down a gang that deals with reality-altering drugs slow-mo. Kind of an interesting matchup. We have two uh, remakes. uh, The Thing, obviously a remake of The Thing from Outer Space, and Dread, a remake of the Sylvester Stallone classic Judge Dread. Um... And uh, I will go to uh, Bobby first. I believe The Thing was on your list.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, I think The Thing was my number 10 pick, and I I really like this movie. I think it's a um, very rewatchable horror movie with a lot of uh, uh, entertaining characters, a a good premise that leads to a lot of um, kind of tension. Uh, We talked about it a lot last week, so that's why it's on my list. I... I do like dread a lot. I think it's really well done and it was very underwatched when it came out. Um, But, you know, overall, I I think it's just the simple kind of premise, like it works for the movie, but I don't think it elevates it over the thing for me. But these are two close ones. Like, you know, if I was the only one with the thing and you all chose dread, I'd understand it. But um, to me, the thing is, is just a much better, it is is a better movie, in my opinion, Um, even if dread is a pretty rewatchable fun, fun ride.
0: All right, and I will go to uh, Tristan next. Where would you vote, between The Thing or Dread?
3: It's rough because we just praised The Thing so much last week that it was, like, freshly great in my head, you know? (laughs) So I was was going into Dread with, like, uh, high expectations because it had to really live up to The Thing in my mind to surpass it, and I was impressed by Dread. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun a really good action, and I think it was very impressive just because it, came from such a bad movie you mentioned the Sylvester Stallone classic I don't know if I would call it a classic because it was definitely one of those like infamously terrible movies so I think it had it's called sarcasm Tristan (laughs) I mean obviously but I this movie dread had a much uh bigger uphill battle it was going up against bad word of mouth from the original and memes of the original being so bad and having to go against that campy ridiculousness of that first movie and make it into a really good action movie I think is a good a really impressive kind of arc for that director in that uh movie but ultimately, The Thing is, is an all-time great movie. It's like a top, top-tier top movie for me. And Dread is an entertainment movie, a really fun movie. But The Thing is an all-time great movie. And even though I think Dread does have a, a better arc as a remake, I do want to give the vote here to The Thing because I think The Thing is just overall a better movie.
0: All right. Uh, I will give my vote next. Yeah. And I will say I had, the, had Dread on my list. I'm a big fan of Dread. I like the action in the movie. Uh, I like a lot of the shots in the movie, especially when dealing with the drug of slow-mo. I think, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a, uh, in a world where we lack, I think, a lot of female villains. I think the villain in the movie, uh, Ma, is a really kind of interesting villain. She's kind of like the controller of this big, massive complex in uh, Mega City 1. And I kind of like the choice of sticking with the comics of Dread not removing his helmet. You know, not something you could usually get a Star to do. I don't think Carl Urban is exactly a movie, you know, big movie star, which has probably helped um, with that choice. It's not like a Tom Cruise where you feel like you got to sell the movie on his face. So, with that, I talked about if you watched our uh, podcast last week, you'll know probably why I'm not voting for The Thing. And if you're confused, why isn't that guy voting for The Thing? It's a classic. Watch our horror uh, bracket. So, I'll plug that and without for you know without saying anymore my vote obviously for dread so votes two to one johnny are you going to make this interesting or are you going to stick with everyone else and vote for the thing
1: well i'll say this the thing i do think is a classic but it's a movie that i basically checked out for the first time from start to finish before our horror bracket so i had you know i just wanted to make sure i saw everything on the list dread was one of the only movies i hadn't seen going into this uh uh, bracket so i checked it out last night everyone's been telling me since the day that dread come out johnny you'd love this movie you know it's totally for you alex garland's your boy he wrote it it's got fun action i'll i say the two biggest sins of action movies for me are going through it and not having one standout action moment and two using a lot of slow-mo and that is exactly what dread did there was nothing very memorable about it i thought it was fine i thought it was like a you know, like a shoot 'em up, like a, you know, you go in, you have some fun, you forget everything that you watched as soon as it uh, ends. So it's, it's like a mediocre action movie that didn't really have a lot to work with. So I give it some credit for that. As Tristan mentioned, it it is a remake of one of the dumbest movies ever made with Sylvester Stallone. Um, but it didn't stand out to me, especially in a world where the raid exists. Like the whole movie just feels like the raid but replace any cool action sequence with like digital blood and boring gunfights so it wasn't really for me and i was disappointed by it i uh i still think it's okay but yeah the thing the thing wins this one pretty easily uh for me
2: i do like how you gave the direct uh directing credit to alex garland on this <laughs> even though he uh uh he basically he wrote directed it. the yeah, movie. He wrote it oh i thought you said he directed it but, no, the
1: guy who directed it did Vantage Point, another very bad movie. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: All but right, Alex so, Garland was basically rumored to, to take it over and direct it as well. Yeah,
0: a, there's a lot of rumors that he really like ghost-directed it the same way Steven Spielberg ghost-directed uh, Poltergeist. So. Poltergeist. All right, so. Or so they say. With that, the thing advances to the next round, and we jump down to the bottom of the bracket with – Uh, Ocean's Eleven versus Prometheus. Ocean's Eleven came out in 2001, uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's about Danny Ocean and his ten accomplices who plan to rob three Las Vegas casinos simultaneously. And then in the 20 seed, we have Prometheus. It came out in 2012, directed by Ridley Scott, a guy who really loves superhero movies, and it's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so the description is following clues to the origin of mankind. A team finds a structure on a distant moon, but they soon realize they are not alone. And uh, we started with Bobby last time, and I will kick it off to Tristan. Uh, where would you, where would you vote, Prometheus or Oceans Eleven?
3: I want to start off by saying that I just watched Oceans Eleven for the first time today. Uh, I'd seen bits piece and pieces of it online throughout my like life on. Effects and things like that, but it always to me uh, felt like a movie I just caught scenes of and never really fully watched it all. And but I just recently bought the Blu-ray set of the trilogy a few weeks ago by an happenstance, and then we did this, and it was one of the movies that came up. So I said, "Oh, I guess I'll check out the first movie on the on the trilogy." And I was really impressed by it. It's a very sleek, cool movie, and I think I watched it and uh, was really able to compare it to movies similar to this today, like not just the Oceans movies of today, but like uh, Red Notice and things like that where they take the big name celebrities, put them all in like a cool movie together and they try and sell it as being this cool, fun action kind of sleek thriller. And they all feel like kind of pale comparisons to what I just watched last night. And I was really, really impressed by Oceans 11. I thought it was one of the best of those like bringing all the celebrities together and putting them in this awesome kind of movie together. I thought they all had really cool moments and all the actors I think had moments to shine And I was, like, enthralled. Sure, the the heist of it, like, was just fun to watch and having all the the plan go awry and go where it was supposed to go. I just had a really great time watching it. Uh, So I was really, really impressed by that. I was coming on here ready to do a fight for Prometheus because I love Prometheus. I think it's a really exciting uh, direction for Alien, the franchise. And I loved what this idea is with David. And I thought it had a really great lead performance uh, in that movie. I, I think it's... It's a bad rap a lot from people. It's like, oh, Prometheus sucked. It ruined Alien. And I think, for me, it was probably the best sequel to Alien. I like it more than any other Alien sequels. And I wanted to come out here and fight for it. But I watched Ocean's Eleven. La- I watched Ocean's Eleven last night, and I was so happy with it that I think I'm just going to go ahead and give the win to that one, even though it wasn't on my list at the time. But I liked it a lot.
0: All right. And I, I will say this uh uh oceans 11 and prometheus were both only on one or one list each and uh pr- like uh tristan said prometheus is the only movie on his list and uh, or. The only person that had Prometheus on their list was Tristan and he just voted against it. So is there anyone here that wants to vote for Prometheus and would rather see Prometheus move on? Or can we just say that the one person that would have championed Prometheus just voted it out? So we could probably just advance oceans 11.
1: I mean, I didn't have either on my list, so it's, it's honestly pretty close for me. Um, But not close because i'm like a huge fan of prometheus and then i'm really championing for oceans 11 it's because i think both movies are okay i think prometheus is fine i think it has a lot of bad and a lot of good um you know it has great performances and like the real scary scene with the like the chestburster abortion stuff but then it also has Shirley's throne running straight forward while a building falls on her which is the dumbest thing ever and oceans 11 to me has always just felt like just like a cable movie it doesn't really stand out against the other ones to me um but it led to logan lucky and that's my favorite of like the soderbergh style heist film so i'll give the win to oceans 11 we don't have to make it a fight all right i'm not that strong behind i'll
2: I'll make it i'll just i'll be quicker in that i actually really like prometheus like tristan but oceans 11 is a lot more entertaining and way more rewatchable so i'll go with oceans 11
0: Ocean's and Brad is... Pitt eats a lot. He in eats it, in every movie. He does.
1: He eats, yeah, but that movie, it's like every scene.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Every time he's on screen. And sometimes it changes uh, what he's eating, you know, mid conversation, mm-hmm. which is great.
0: All right. And uh... so next, we jump over to the top right corner of the bracket and we have, whoops, wrong button. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Versus Cruella. And uh, get to my thing here. Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out in 2011. uh, Directed by Rupert Wyatt. It's about a substance designed to help the brain repair itself. Gives advanced intelligence to a chimpanzee who leads an ape uprising. And then Cruella... The 18th Seed came out this year, 2021, directed by Craig Gillespie. It's a live-action prequel featuring feature film following a young Cruella DeVille. So thanks for that plot, IMDB. (laughs) Um, And with that, I am going to go to Johnny. I know you haven't seen Cruella, but... I was going
2: to say, yeah.
0: Probably not Um, the best person to start off with, but I didn't realize that. That's fine. I'll
1: make it quick because... The only thing I've seen from Cruella outside of the trailer is the mom getting murdered by Dalmatian scene. And that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I don't care what the context around the whole rest of the movie is. That's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. Um, It did bring me a few seconds of pleasure watching that on Twitter, but rise of the planet of the apes almost made my list. It was kind of like one of those just barely missed would have been like my number 11 or 12 out of my 10. So while none of these are, neither of these are on my list, Cruella is not one that I'll ever probably check out or feel worth seeing. um, But rise of the planet of the apes is uh, the start of one of my favorite franchise reboots of all time.
0: All right. And uh, I will go to Bobby next. Cruella or rise of the planet of the apes.
2: I'll say Cruella uh, surprised me how much I actually did enjoy it. Um, it, Especially uh, Emma Stone's performance, but uh johnny did see the worst part of the movie that is a really dumb scene but it is pretty quick and it it leads to motivation and other things that they kind of use throughout the movie like which is fine but it was an entertaining movie and emma stone was really fun to watch uh it was well shot well directed um but uh rise the planet of the apes i think is a is a great movie and very underrated and kind of overshadowed by the next two movies especially dawn Um, even though those names still don't make sense to me, but, uh, I I
0: still get uh, confused.
2: Yeah. But, um, it gets overshadowed a little bit, especially because it was, uh, Rupert Wyatt, um, directing it. Um, and he, and obviously he was taken out or he did not continue on with the franchise, but, uh, I think it's a really, really well done reboot. That whole trilogy is a, is fantastic. Uh, and I think it's, it's a much better movie than Cruella, even though Cruella surprised me and was, and it was fun. It's worth a watch, but, um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I think, blows it out of the water.
0: All right. And uh, Tristan, your hype around Cruella (laughs) is what inspired me to watch it. So I will go to you next. Are you going to make this interesting, or are you going to go with everyone else and stick with Rise of the Planet of the Apes?
3: Look, I'm a big fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise. Uh, I think it has a great history of advancing visual effects. It has a great uh, you know, iconic character in Caesar, and then they rebooted it you know and <laughs> made the Andy circus ones that are f- cool and and awesome but you know they're not Cruella you know Cruella was <laughs> was a really great surprise
0: well, Cruella well.
3: had a really cool ambitious style and and I thought it was a really fun movie to watch and in the era of Disney making all these really empty terrible shot for shot animated movies that are essentially just reanimated live action things like Lion King and to an extent, Aladdin and Jungle Book. like Even though they're okay entertaining movies, they don't do anything to really change the movies or advance the characters or do anything to add to the original movie in any way. And I think Cruella is ambitious in a way that it could have just been a shot-for-shot remake of 101 Dalmatians, and no one would have added an eye. But instead, they did a really cool, big, expensive movie with lavish costumes and really fun performances. And if you thought that scene was kind of fun and ridiculous when the dogs attacked that... Uh, Mom and you laughed at it, like you might laugh at the rest of the movie. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a fun movie to watch. I had a great time watching it. So why not? I'll give the win to Krill because I'm sure it's not gonna make a difference in the in the end. So
1: delays the inevitable.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: At the end of the day, we're all uh, voting for which one is gonna get slaughtered by Mad Max Fury Road. Let's be honest here. Um, but. Uh, I'm gonna agree with a lot of what Tristan said. I think it's, a, I think *Cruella* is a fun, exciting, entertaining movie. I was pleasantly shocked by how much I didn't hate it. Um, I think Emma Stone gives a really good performance in it. However, I love *Rise of the Planet of the Apes*. I think it's, I think that might be maybe the most underrated trilogy of all time. Uh, just because all three movies are really good, but. No one, like as far as like pop culture goes, no one really talks about those movies or references those movies, and I think they kind of tie into the first uh, Planet of the Apes movie really well. I think it that one actually like pushes forward filmmaking with like the whole Caesar thing and all of the CG work that went into that, and uh, I think Rise of the Planet of the Apes is easily just a far superior movie. And so with that, in a three to one vote, Rise of the Planet of the Apes advances to the next round.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Cool.
0: And like I said, we all we're all looking at that bracket. I like I imagine we're yeah. probably gonna win the next one, but spoiler alert. And so with that, we jump down to the bottom corner of our bracket to finish out round one a quick round one because of all the buys. Uh but we have Cape Fear versus Dune and I will pull up the descriptions really quick. Uh, Dune, the 14th seed, came out again in this year, 2021, directed by Denis Villeneuve, uh, his first appearance on this list. Uh, It's a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. And then at 19, we have Cape Fear uh, came out in 1991, directed by Martin Scorsese. Again, his first appearance on the list. It's about a convicted rapist released from prison after serving a 14-year sentence stalks the family of the lawyer who originally defended him. Um, I will go to Tristan first. Hopefully, unlike the last time I went to somebody first, you've seen both of these movies. Uh, what uh, are your yeah. thoughts on both, and where is your vote going to go?
3: Yeah, I've definitely seen both of these movies. I think I... Had them both on my list, if I remember correctly. Uh, But, of course, recency bias is pushing me towards Dune because I just saw it. And it was such an enthralling, huge experience and kind of like a cultural moment for movie fans as well. It felt like such a big uh, return to the theaters, not just a return to Dune, but like a return to the theaters in a big way. So I thought that was a really great experience. I think what kind of is going to hold Dune back uh, potentially in some of these future matchups is that it is just a part one and not like a complete thing. And I think it's kind of hard to look at it as a remake of the previous dude when it's just kind of like the first part of it. And it's kind of a little bit hard for me to judge it as a whole when we don't quite even know how the story is going to wrap up and where they're going to go with it. It feels kind of incomplete in a way. Uh, but it's still a great, great theatrical ride. I mean, I was, you sit there in the theater and you look up at those ships, you look up at the just the scope of the action around you. It's just enthralling in every second of it, you know, and uh, they had an uphill battle against that previous movie, which is something that I think I appreciate in these remakes and reboots. And I was trying to rank them myself as like, which ones had harder battles to win. And I think Dune had a a bigger battle to win because it was going up against for most people, like a, a bad movie. Like they didn't necessarily know the books, but they know, oh yeah, David Lynch made that movie a couple a couple of decades ago and I heard that was bad, or I saw it and it was bad. So uh, I think that had a bit of a bigger uphill battle for me than Cape Fear. And even though I think Cape Fear was great, there's some other Martin Scorsese re- uh, re- remakes on the conversation that I think are going to go a little bit further than that. So Cape Fear, I think, is a really good crime thriller, uh, really enthralling and really great performances, especially for Robert De Niro. I think it's a really... Uh, raw Scorsese movie and one that I think gets overlooked compared to some of his bigger movies more of his like mob movies that are more unlike this. So I think Cape Fear is one that people should give a watch if they haven't seen it because I think it's gotten kind of buried in Scorsese's filmography. But Dune is so impressive that I got to go with Dune. It, it felt like not just a reboot of Dune, but a reboot of like going to the theater.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, Tristan votes for Dune. Uh, Johnny. Uh, you've seen both yeah, of I, movies. Where are you going?
1: I really like Cape Fear. It's it, like Tristan mentioned, it's one of the underrated Scorsese films. Um, it's a great remake. You get the, the just the family dynamic from Jessica Lange and Nick Nolte and Juliet Lewis is this, you know, kind of dysfunctional family. And then Max Caddy, you know, enters in and has the real creepy flirtation with, uh, with Juliet Lewis. And it's done really well. I love that you have, um, you know, James Bond the great, uh, James Bond actor, Joe Don Baker, um, in it. And, uh, Robert Meacham makes an appearance in this one and he was Max Caddy in the original. So I like when they do things like that. Um, and it's super watchable. It, it was like one of my favorite movies at the time I saw it when I was probably too young to have watched it, but like him being underneath the car really stood out to me. But Dune, as soon as I watched it, um, blew me away and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Um, and I'll probably rewatch it again shortly. Um, and I just watched it like a couple of weeks ago. So Dune just is one of those that sticks with you. And when Dune part two comes out or whatever they call it, that's going to be my most anticipated movie of that year, no matter what else is coming out um, for sure. So Dune sold me on it so much to the point that I downloaded the audiobook and I really liked the whole story and I'm excited how they interpret um, the second part. Um, but Dune blew me away. So while Cape Fear is a very watchable movie, Dune, I think, is like just one of those masterpiece type of films that we're gonna look at. If part two is as good as part one, we're gonna look at it and be like, this is Denny Villeneuve's masterpiece work, his you know, Dune movies.
0: All right. So Bobby, are you gonna make this interesting or send Dune to the next round and eliminate
3: Cape Fear?
2: Um, I'll be pretty quick. I, I agree with pretty much everything Johnny and Tristan have said where I do really like Cape Fear. It's a great movie. Um but Dune, I think we will look on it back on it. Um, especially if part two lives up to what part one is as uh one of those kind of watershed moments in film and a just a a, a great um kind of uh sci fi masterpiece. Uh so I, I, I just love the world it created, the performances as well, especially Rebecca Ferguson. I thought she was great. Um and obviously Timothy Chalamet is the lead but uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Dune. It it really just throws you right into that world, uh, and you get lost in it. And, um, it you know, it, it portrays the politics well, the story, the visuals, the direction. And so I'm going to go with Dune, uh, even though, yeah, I watched Cape Fear. It's a really good movie.
0: All right. And so with that, Dune advances to the next round, and we hop back over to the top left corner of our bracket, where we have Toy Story versus The Thing. Classic movies that are both very similar to each other. You know, Toy Story three. Oh yeah, Toy Story three versus thing. Two very, very similar movies. So, Toy Story three came out in 2010, directed by Lee Unkrich. Uh, in this one, the toys are mistakenly delivered to a daycare center instead of the attic right before Andy leaves for college, and it's up to Woody to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned and to return home. Uh, I will kick this one off. Uh I'll say I'm a big fan of Toy Story 3. I think we were all uh right around the perfect age for when it came out. We were all right about to head to college or e- either just started college. And uh so uh for me, I made gave my thoughts on the thing and I don't want people at this point I feel like people are going to think I hate the thing. I don't. I think it's good. I just much prefer Toy Story 3 and the story of it and I think Granted, there was a Toy Story 4, but I thought it was a perfect wrap-up of that story, of that trilogy, especially for a movie to come out be- 11 years after the one before it. Usually, if that happens, the movie always sucks, And uh, but this was arguably the best one of the trilogy, and so I'm going to vote for Toy Story 3. Uh, Tristan, where is your vote? The Thing or Toy Story
3: 4? Yeah, i am saying my praises for The Thing. I think it was a really... Great movie to advance practical effects which is something that I loved. And we talked about that a lot in our horror episodes. So if you want to hear me go gushing out about practical effects, especially in the thing, you can go back and watch that. And the thing I watch all the time for me, it's one of my all time favorite horror movies and all, one of my all time favorite movies, you know, and I I constantly think about it and, and go back to watch scenes of it and look at the screenshots of it to look at the effects. And I, I, I always will credit the thing as one of my like turning point movies into to loving movies today. But Toy Story Three was such a powerful like viewing experience, and when you think about the idea of this episode is like the reboots and revivals. I think like sure the thing is a remake of the original, but no one really thinks about like oh did it do it better or worse. Like it's it's kind of like its own thing in its own way. <laughs> uh, but uh, when you think about the potential of a reboot or the potential of like a revival. I think Toy Story 3 shows the height of that potential, like the fact that you can come back to this old franchise and certain there's a fourth one, but at the time, Toy Story 3 was like, we're going to round it off right now. We're going to give you a finale to these characters, emotional arcs, and we're going to have you uh, let go of your childhood as you let go of these characters. And I think it's it's a kind of a height that these reboots have have aimed for, never quite reached. So I think even though I do think the thing is a better movie, I'm going to give the win to Toy Story here because I think it's a better revival or reboot and it uh, was just a great great experience to watch.
0: All right, and I will go to Bobby. Max, The Thing or Toy Story 3?
2: Yeah, both these are on my list, um, but one of them is a lot higher uh, than the other, and like I said, I do. The Thing is great. It's a very rewatchable movie. Like Tristan said, the effects are are amazing to look back on, but Toy Story 3 is just such a special watch and uh, like you said at the time it came out uh, with us who grew up with it and then had it come out for me it was like a it was a year into college Um and all the emotional beats that they hit in the movie with them holding hands and then also just you know uh being given away at the end of the movie and all that it, it's a it's really well done it's it's how you would do how you would should wrap up a, a trilogy Um even though I, I did like Toy Story 4 but really it probably should have uh, stayed with just the three movies, but, um, I, I think Toy Story 3 is just, especially for our age group, is a very special movie. Um, so I'm going with that one.
0: All right. So it looks like Toy Story 3 advancing. Johnny's vote doesn't matter, but Johnny, what are your thoughts on either The Thing or Toy Story 3 advancing or whatever as I update our bracket?
1: We've had two weeks in a row now praising The Thing, but, uh, Toy Story 3, I echo all the same sentiments. It, um, it's just an incredible film and it really captured the essence of like growing up and growing out of your childhood toys and stuff like that, that you had connection to. So uh, just overall uh, kind of like a that just movie meant a lot to me when it came out and still does to this day. And the thing I is a classic, but I just watched it recently. So Toy Story 3.
0: All right. And so with that, we move on to our next matchup, which is little shop of horrors versus Three Ten three, to Yuma. Little Shop of Horrors came out in 1986, directed by Frank Oz. It's about a nerdy florist who finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed. And in the ninth seed, we have 310 to Yuma, came out in 2007, directed by James Mangold. It's about a small-time rancher who agrees to hold a captured outlaw who's awaiting a trial to go to court in Yuma. A battle of wills ensues as the outlaw tries to psych out the rancher. Johnny... Your vote didn't matter last time, and so I will let you kick off with the first vote.
1: Um, I really enjoy both of these uh, movies a lot. Um, I don't know if anyone else had 310 to Yuma on their list, but I know it was on mine. Um, Little Shop of Horrors was like one of those – another one that just barely missed the cut. I have seen Little Shop of Horrors more times. I find it – like endlessly rewatchable and I'll check it out for all the performances and the songs. Um, it's one of my favorite musicals and I'm not a huge fan of the genre as a whole. So when one stands out to me, uh, I love it. But 310 to Yuma is a genre that I do love Westerns and it's one of my favorite Westerns ever made the remake of 310 to Yuma. It was really what, at least for me, put James Mangold on the map. Um, and we've obviously echoed sentiments of, uh, you know loving his work and wanting him to reboot more things on our show um but you know this is the movie too that really introduced us to ben foster i don't know what he was in before this but this is the one that like after this anything he was in i was sold on and he you know later we get that performance in hell or high water with him so yeah i uh i really really love um Three ten to Yuma. I think it's a fantastic question and a great remake. um And I'm going to vote for that and take uh, Philly outside because he's losing his little shit.
0: All right, and uh, I will go down to Bobby next between three ten to Yuma and Little Shop of Horrors. What do you
2: think? Yeah, this this one's really close for me. um I've seen Little Shop of Horrors uh, a lot more. Like Johnny said, it's a very rewatchable movie. It's very easy to watch. Um, it's it's just a it's just a fun movie with great music and, and visuals and performances. Um, Three Ten to Yuma, though, I have I've only seen a handful of times, but it really sticks with you. Especially like Johnny said, Ben Foster. But I mean, it's got a stacked cast with um, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale and Peter Fonda um, and James Mangold's style. That's kind of the first time you saw him with this the with uh, the western take that you uh, eventually got to see more in Logan. The kind of gritty movie that he can do and uh yeah this this one it goes back and forth but I think it comes down to what I think is just the better overall movie um and I think that is 310 to Yuma for me neither of these were on my list but they would have been really close um Little Shop of Horrors didn't come to mind because I always forget that that is a remake because I always just think of that version um but I think I'm gonna go with 310 to Yuma even though they're both great uh, I think just it's a better movie overall and Little Shop Before is just kind of like a, a fun ride. All
0: right. Well I will say this. I have seen neither movie, so I can't vote in good conscience. So with that, three ten to Yuma would advance. But I will let Tristan Sing the praises of Little Shop of Horrors. As you want to I, sing them? <laughs> as uh, that's
3: yeah. that's a phrase. I would, I, okay, I, I warm up a little bit.
0: That's the phrase I think. Okay, sing the praises. So I will let Tristan sing the praises as I update the bracket.
3: I think Little Shop of Horrors gets forgotten as a remake, and I think it gets overlooked by just how much how ambitious it was as a remake. Because it's not just a remake of the Roger Corman movie that is based on; it is also a remake of the off Broadway show that was. Inspired by the Roger Corman movie. <laughs> so it has to appeal to like a lot of different demographics. And it's remaking the movie and also remaking the musical. And if you know the story of the movie's production, they had two different endings. They had the uh, original director's cut ending that was based on the musical and a test screen to audience. P- people didn't think it was, people didn't like the tone of it, thought it was too dark. So they reshot it, made a movie, uh, an ending more faithful to the Roger Corman movie that was kind of like the theatrical ending of the movie. So I think it's interesting that there's two different versions, both based on different things that are being remade by the same movie. You know, so I thought that was an interesting tidbit on the show about remakes and reboots. And I also wanted to mention the songwriters, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Uh, if you know their names, you know them because they are basically the single reason that Disney had their golden age renaissance a couple of years after this movie came out. They're the writers behind Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin a lot of the biggest movies that kind of revitalized Disney at that time. And they only launched because of this movie. So I think we owe a lot to this movie in terms of a lot of the movies that we love as kids. So I think it is a really big, important movie in terms of changing the the way musicals are looked at and the impact of music and movies. So I give it the win for, for me, but it looks like it's not going to be making it too far. All right.
0: And like I said, uh, 310 to Yuma advances, and that means our next matchup is Casino Royale versus Ocean's Eleven. Two fun, sleek kind of action uh, movies, so it should be a fun matchup. Uh, I already talked about Ocean's Eleven. Casino Royale is our four seed. Came out in 2006, directed by Martin Campbell, and this is its second appearance in our bracket. It won our uh, James Bond bracket, I do believe. And uh, the plot is, after earning 00 status and a license to kill, secret agent James Bond sets out on his first mission as 007. Bond must defeat a private banker funding terrorists in a high-stakes game of poker at Casino Royale uh, in Montenegro. And uh, I will kick off the vote since I didn't even vote last time. Uh, I love Casino Royale. Uh, It's, uh, you know, before we started our basically two months of Bond, which was supposed to be a month of Bond. I uh, had never really seen a Bond movie, and I, you know, Johnny told me, hey, start with Casino Royale, because it's kind of James Bond's origin story, and I did, and I loved it, and no movie in the Bond franchise was really able to match it. Some came close, mostly the ones in the Craig uh, lexicon, but I really liked it, liked it a lot more. It's definitely the Bond movie I'm going to go back to and watch again. Uh, but Ocean's Eleven is a movie I grew up on, I love it. I've watched it, I don't even know how many times. It comes on TV, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to watch it to the end. Uh, I have even went back and watched the original with Frank Sinatra, and that movie is not good. It's, it's very bad. It's definitely the type of movie that should be remade. Like, hey, here's a movie that's got a fun, cool plot, fun, good cast, like, a, a, a reboot it with an interesting cast, and it's just like, hey, let's rob a bunch of Vegas casinos with the top stars in Hollywood. And I really like that movie. It's in my top 25 of all time, uh, and I give or I give uh, *Oceans 11* my vote uh, to advance to the next round. Uh, but I will go to uh, Tristan next because he's also a Bond newcomer like myself. So I'm curious to see what he thinks. He both recently watched both these movies, so for the first time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd i seen Casino Royale, it was actually the only Bond movie that I'd seen before we did any of the Bond binging, <laughs> so it was the one that I was kind of familiar with, uh, but yeah, Oceans I just literally watched today, so I'm, I'm super familiar with that, because uh, I just watched it, but it's difficult, because I think both of these accomplish different things, I think Oceans 11 is definitely a great remake of an original movie, like it took, like Joe mentioned, it took the original idea of let's put a bunch of cool people together and put them in a heist movie, and then it did that just better <laughs> and slicker and cooler. And I think it. I've only seen it the one time, but I'm already kind of itching to get through the rest of the franchise or maybe give it a rewatch. I don't know how well the sequels are actually received among people. I don't even know <laughs> anything about them. Oh, uh, Bad? Ocean's well, 12 well, is,
0: bad. Ocean's 13, is bad. Ocean's 13 isn't as good, but it's still a solid,
2: solid yeah. movie. I haven't seen eight. Ocean's I'll,
0: 8. I'll give you a spoiler alert in Ocean's 12 julia roberts character uh <laughs> they have her sneak into i believe it's a hotel and she, yeah. hey she julia roberts character happens to look like a celebrity julia roberts so julia rob and to uh, trick bruce willis so bruce willis plays himself and julia roberts plays a character pretending to be julia roberts because of how much she looks like julia roberts so
2: yep
1: and they're all like i don't think she looks enough like julia roberts and it's very <laughs> and it's, it's like really it's meta, meta like, and weird one of the major plot points of the film, this is not some like small little thing. This is like the whole second act of the movie.
3: Look, yep. you guys are just making me want to watch uh-huh. it more and more at this point.
1: I think Tristan would really love Ocean's 12 now that <laughs> we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: is it, look, Casino Royale I think is an incredible movie. I think it definitely revitalized the Bond brand in a way. It, it definitely feels like a revival to Bond and a refreshing new start to Bond and it, it it literally is kind of like an origin story to Bond, so I think it works in that way of refreshing the franchise and giving you a way in. Uh, it's definitely an exciting movie to watch. I mean, we talked a lot about it already in the last month, so I don't even know how much more I can say about it. But yeah, great movie and definitely a great uh, entry point and a refreshing point for Bond. But I gotta, want to give the, the give the win out here to Oceans. I think as a as a remake it's it's a better, it's, it's a more of a remake. And I think Casino Royale is kind of a, a reboot of Bond, but not really. Like, it's just doing the same thing Bond has done pretty much every time, you know? And it brought a new actor and kind of threw out the canon and started again. And it brought a new actor, threw out the, new, threw out the canon a bit and started again. And it doesn't feel quite like a new thing in the way that Oceans feels like a genuine, true remake that's faithful to what the idea of the episode is. So I, I, I give it the win because I think Casino Royale should not be considered a, a remake, revival, or, or a reboot. All right.
0: So I'm curious, because I think I, th- I know where the other two votes are basically going to go. So we can explain, yeah. and you guys can vote, or we can just go straight to the battle and save time.
2: Yeah. Okay, um, this is my number one movie for one thing. So you know where that's going, is uh is Casino Royale. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know how we want to...
1: I, I I'll say this because I feel like the one point I can uh, argue against Tristan for, we've said everything we need to say about Casino Royale. Check out the James Bond bracket. It literally, spoiler alert, won the whole thing, and we said everything that you could possibly say about the movie. Um, Ocean's Eleven, again, is what it sets out to be. It's a fun cable movie, and it's a dad movie, so obviously Joe loves it. Um, but Casino Royale is – is like the definition of a reboot because they went in having the killed the franchise with die another day and saying, we need to throw out everything and completely start new. They got the rights back to the original story of Casino Royale. So they rebooted it all. It's a whole new, you know, everything that, yeah, they bring back Judy Dench, but she's essentially playing a different (laughs) version of uh, the M that she played before But they threw everything out. They said, we need to make it cooler. We need to make it, you know, today's audience. Like, what are they going to be into? We can't go over the top ridiculous like Die Another Day. They rebooted everything from the cast to the tone to, you know, just everything about it. They just grounded it more. They made it cool again. It, It is the Batman Begins to Batman and Robin. And that is the best time to reboot a franchise. Not like the Spider-Man movies have done when it's like, eh, the franchise has only been over for a couple of years. And yeah, the last movie was mad, but now we're just going to reboot it again every like five years. This was a, we need to reboot it to keep James Bond alive and they did it and succeeded. And it's, I think a bigger franchise now than it was um, in the nineties and probably the eighties. So I think uh, Casino Royale is definitely the definition of a reboot and um, And while, yeah, Ocean's Eleven is a remake, no one gives a shit about the original one. People are actually fans of the Bond franchise, and this saved that franchise. It's not like anyone sees Ocean's Eleven, thinks, oh, that's a good remake. I should check out the original. Like, don't check out the original. Don't do what Joe did, because it's bad. So it is a remake, and it's a better movie. It's... um, it's more fun to watch for me at least like it's just everything about it like it's actually more cinematic like oceans 11 is just like a fun comedy that you throw on and has famous people in it i don't know There. yeah I, i think that the difference between bobby and i's consideration of casino royale to oceans 11 is much different than the difference between joe and tristan's level between both movies
2: yeah it is not close at all for me, like Casino yeah, Royale, like I said, is, is my number one ranked reboot. It's my my favorite James Bond movie by far and one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it, you know, it did its job perfectly of rebooting the character and giving us the true Bond origin story for really the first time. Um, Daniel Craig uh, blows it out of the water as Bond and he's given us, I think, some of the best Bond movies and performances we've ever seen and starting with Casino Royale. And Ocean's Eleven, is it's fun. It is a very fun, easy watch. Um, I like it. It's very stylish um, and slick, but it kind of, you know, there's really not much behind it. If you really go into, like, the heist, most of it doesn't really make sense. It's kind of cool to see the...
0: It makes you know, sense. Oh, they,
2: it, it doesn't make sense. It, well, what it, do you they, mean
0: it doesn't make sense? It makes all the sense. They... They shut off the they, power to they, the casino to unlock the door. Look,
2: they they do a good job of doing the go back and explain, and this is really what was going on, even though we weren't showing you this and stuff. And it's fun, and it that's the the stylized thing that um, that Soderbergh gives you, and it, it's a fun watch. But it, you know, for a movie that uh, is trying to be super intricate with the plot and like that be kind of the big reveal. Like it does its job okay, but it's not like it executes that on a perfect level either. It's just fun and entertaining because the characters are fun and the and they're very and famous.
1: Logan Lucky did it better. Logan it's Lucky did I do it better. I agree. One of these.
2: I agree with that.
0: If I were to rank them, Logan Lucky would be of the Oceans Soderbergh whatever. I would I would rank it number two. It's very good. I love Logan Lucky. I just love Ocean's Eleven more. I feel like, for me, Casino Royale is a copier where it just copied, like, Jason Bourne and the type of action movies that were popular in that time. Ocean's Eleven is an originator. All of these movies that came through and are like, oh, we want to do what Ocean's Eleven did, whether it was, you know, even Red Notice that came out uh, very recently or, like, The Fast and Furious that are all these, like, celebrity-driven kind of action heist movies. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, or whatever the fuck that movie is. All these movies that still twenty years later are like,
2: oh, let's... that movie is nothing. Yeah, I'll say That's that cel- like celebrity-driven
0: heist. Yeah,
1: Joe, we're I not do feel changing like... Joe's mind, and Bobby and I are not changing our mind. So it comes down to Tristan. Yeah.
3: I will say that I do feel like Ocean's Eleven. I'll give Joe that point, and is I think Ocean's Eleven feels like a a bigger kind of moment where like the people are still trying to chase Ocean's Eleven. Like they're still trying Including to make the next Ocean's Spider-Man. Eleven. And I think well, Casino Soderbergh Royale Soderbergh, is just one uh, of the many, ver- like, Batman Begins uh, I, remakes of, of the era. You know, I think Ocean Eleven stands out a bit more of, like, you still see it cited as, like, people want to make the next Ocean Eleven. And I don't think anyone really cites, like, they want to make the next Casino Royale. You know, let's say we're going to make the next Dark Knight. We're going to make the next Batman Begins. We're not going to cite Casino Royale. I think but, the
1: next Bond movie is going to say we need to make the next Casino Royale. Just like Stoderberg Every movie he's made since Ocean's Eleven is just trying to recapture that and didn't until Logan Lucky, which he finally improved upon the original.
3: I, I do think the Casino Royale is a better movie than Ocean's Eleven. And I think oh, that there the reason that there I was is. holding it back is because I think that it was, it was I was struggling to qualify it in the idea of a remake or a reboot or a revival because uh, I think it didn't necessarily do anything new for the I mean, it did it put put the franchise in a new direction, but I don't think it did it much more than the, the other movies did.
1: And revived it, and yeah. I think it was it's in a, a really very different bad deal. spot, and it's a very different feel than
2: the Bond movies it had, especially in a in a very very long time.
3: So let's yeah. let's say that uh, I'll go ahead and say if we're counting Casino Royale as a remake, reboot, revival, I'll go ahead and give it the win over Ocean's Eleven, yeah. even though I do think it is Tristan, a great movie. You
0: suck. You're kicked off the Disney Plus weekend. Show. I I <laughs> will say this though,
3: if he's kicked off, Casino and Royale we need
2: to still win.
1: Tristan Tristan wants to make a fun argument and say Casino Royale, you know, not sure if it counts. Cruella made this list because of Tristan, I assume. Yes. And that is not a reboot, revival, or remake. It's just a prequel to a character we saw in an animated movie. It's a, and a revival of the 1001 Dalmatians, you know? Was but like It's not something... <laughs> wow, that's a lot of Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if they never make another Dalmatians movie, it's not any of this category. It's just a prequel to a character that's been introduced in movies. So but, that one definitely doesn't qualify. So you can't argue that Casino Royale doesn't when Cruella did
0: yeah my I was gonna argue like I was gonna bring it up to like Tristan of when everyone submitted their list that it didn't count and then I saw it was like gonna get knocked out immediately and I'm like I don't <laughs> really get that much to argue against I'm too lazy to send a text
3: look I think it I think we'll we, it's already dead we've already killed Cruella <laughs> so we don't have to debate but Casino Royale okay we'll give it the win then I All guess right. All
2: right. Past his dad kill it if you have to.
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Speaking of our next movie, number five, yep. Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> uh, Speaking out, of heated debates. Came, tw- yeah, this could, this could like came out in 2015, yeah. directed by J.J. J. Abrams. Uh, the plot is, as a new threat to the galaxy rises, Rey, a desert scavenger, and Finn, an ex-storm trooper, must join Han Solo and Chewbacca to search for the one hope of restoring peace. And then in our 12th seed, we have King Kong. came out in 2005, directed by Peter Jackson. It's uh, about a greedy film producer who assembles a team of movie makers and sets out for the infamous Skull Island, where they find more than cannibali- than just cannibalistic natives. And uh, for this, we talked about the last one for a while. I don't remember who kicked it off, but I will let Johnny kick this one off. Star Wars The Force Awakens or King Kong?
1: I'll say this. The one thing I can say for The Force Awakens is I had more fun in the theater watching The Force Awakens than um, I did watching King Kong in the theaters when it came out. It was the, you know, bringing back Star Wars. It was kind of one of those movies that you watch, you don't think about, and you have a lot of fun with it. And then the more you think about it, upon rewatches, upon everything that we got afterwards, it just is all diminishing returns and to the point where i like... Walking out of The Force Awakens, I was like, oh, my God, Star Wars is back. And now Star Wars is dead to me and The Force Awakens is dead to me. And I don't care for it at all anymore. I don't care about watching it. It doesn't have anything memorable that I want to ever really check out again until Star Wars, Mm -hmm. you know, one day reboots itself and maybe is good again. King Kong is a movie that I've gone back and forth of being like, it's really good to... It's over long and boring to I think this movie's a masterpiece to finally setting on. It's just a really, really well made movie and it led to a lot of amazing things. It led to um, a lot of the amazing motion capture we've gotten. I know that this was, you know, after the Lord of the Rings movies and it's circus doing King Kong, but we would do not have the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes movies without this um, or like the level of motion capture. I think this was such a step forward for everything. Um, it deserved a best picture nomination that year. It would have gotten one if it was 10 instead of five movies. Um, it's, it's, uh, a movie that just, if you just haven't watched it in a while and check it out, like, I think there's so many sequences in that movie that'll blow you away. I love all the performances and King Kong fights dinosaurs. Like that's more memorable than anything that happens in fucking force awakens. So King Kong, easy victory for me here.
0: All right. Uh, We'll
1: see if that continues.
0: Bobby. Hopefully, you've seen both of these films. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I have. I've seen
2: both of these in theaters. Um, and you know what, King Kong, I do enjoy the movie, but I tend to agree that it is way too long for its own good. Um, and could have been edited down. But that that's and it's it it you know, it's a, it does its story well, but it's just too long, needed to be edited, and it's uh, just, I enjoy it, but the Force Awakens. I could point out the flaws and yes, I can go look back after watching the rise of Skywalker and criticize a lot of the stuff that they went on to do with the franchise. But this movie was uh, very special to me when it did come out. Uh, I loved it. Um, I saw it in theaters multiple times. I rewatched it at home multiple times. Uh, I think it set up a possible good trilogy really well. Um and you know, Star Wars is a big property, but the movie itself had to be good to be something that was breaking all the records, make over two billion dollars. It made a big cultural Im- impact. So just culturally, at the time of its release, and to me personally, it had a much bigger impact. I love Ky- Kylo Ren, and that is the storyline that does play out relatively well um, in the franchise wow. uh, until like the until the very end. I know the Rise of Skywalker has a, has some stuff I disagree with as well with that, but. I think we get one of the best Han Solo uh, Harrison Ford performances. I think that Ray is set up as a great uh, lead of of the franchise. Um, And I think that it is exciting. It does have a lot of memorable moments for me. Like uh, the first time we see Kylo Ren catch a laser, uh, the actual beam from the, from the blaster. Uh, I think that's a really cool scene. I love the last fight scene and the visuals of it um, in the snow. So to me, it's it's the Force Awakens, and it's not very close. It's kind of like Johnny's wasn't very close for him. So I, I can look back on this one individually instead of as a franchise as a whole because I don't like the third movie in the trilogy and what they did and how they concluded the story. I love how they started it.
0: All right, and uh, we will go to uh, my Disney Plus co-host next, Tristan. King Kong, The Force Awakens, two thousand five versus
3: two thousand fifteen. I'm gonna say that King Kong. Uh, uh, echo Johnny's statements here that it advanced technology really far and I think the motion capture that we get credit like Planet of the Apes for or and also like Lord of the Rings you point to those movies as like these big uh, like watershed moments for, especially for Andy Serkis and his like career for as an effects artist and I think sometimes this movie gets overlooked in that arc of of effects so I want people to definitely know this is one to go back and worth worth uh, the watch it's, it's definitely long <laughs> but I personally don't mind a long movie. I sat through Zack Snyder's Justice League twice in the same day, so I, I can Jesus. do uh, I can do long movies. But uh, yeah, King Kong is definitely a good one to watch. And I think speaking of like the Zack Snyder's Justice League, in a way, I think this is one of those versions of a, of a movie where it's like they gave a director all he ever wanted to make, and he had this really big long epic take on a movie that I think is got kind of bashed by critics and people said oh it's over long it's just way too self-indulgent and all that kind of stuff i think it gets kind of put in that same box of like these tour directors being given a bunch of money to make a movie that kind of didn't fully go over well so if you like those kind of movies it might be one worth checking out to get your opinion on one of those kind of like divisive movies but the force awakens like you talk about a remake a revival like a revival of the franchise the i never felt more hyped about a franchise when I walked out of Force Awakens, and I was like, "Wow, Star Wars is not just alive; it's like better than ever." Like <laughs> the potential is so high, and ultimately, like sure, the rise of Skywalker didn't also necessarily deliver on what this movie set up in my mind, but like th- I, I was enthralled watching this movie. I remember it's like it set the high for these types of movies, where it's like we're going to take something that you guys love from your childhood, we're going to bring it back and it's going to be a bunch of, like, nostalgia repeating of the same thing, kind of, but just new enough that it's not just the same thing over again, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of these other reboots haven't necessarily captured. It's like they don't know how to balance a bunch of fan service, a bunch of references, or is it going to be really different, really subversive, and I think this movie found that perfect middle ground to walk where it was giving you what you liked about the original trilogy, And also giving you something new to latch on to and new characters that I thought were genuinely really interesting, especially Kylo Ren. I thought he was a fascinating character all throughout the trilogy, really, uh, even though the last movie kind of botched a lot of things. So, yeah, I think as a revival, I'll always remember walking out of this movie and being genuinely like revived (laughs) for the franchise. So I'm giving the win to Force Awakens. All right.
0: I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I love both of these movies. I agree with Johnny on a lot of, about King Kong. Uh, I think uh, it's three hours and like fifteen minutes. Movie could have been four hours and I would have been here for it. Like um, King Kong's great. I remember uh, I went with my dad to see it in theaters. I don't know why that's like weird movie for both of us to go see. Uh, but it was a really good movie. Uh, I think Jack Black. I think this was kind of the early beginnings of his somewhat dabbling in like dramatic roles. Um, I mean it was like a slightly comedic role but still dramatic I love the reference to Faye Ray that they have where they were like trying to get Faye because they were like off to shoot a movie and they're like oh we gotta you know we can get Faye Ray or whatever they said and Colin Hanks is like oh I think she's working on another picture which would have been the like original King Kong I guess however
1: the superior Ray
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) however I love Star Wars I love the Force Awakens I'm you know I'm not a lover of the Rise of Skywalker, but I'm still higher on it than I think everyone here. And but I I don't think the Rise of Skywalker affects the Force Awakens as far as this argument. The Force Awakens 100% revives uh, Star Wars. It opened to like 247 million dollars, which was. You know, insane back then. People were projecting it would have a massive opening of like 175, 180, and it completely blew even that away. I think before then, the highest December opening was like $100 million. So, I don't know if a movie has ever revived a franchise more than The Force Awakens revived Star Wars. And so, uh, for me, as much as I love the original King, or not the original, but the 2005 King Kong, uh, my vote is for the force awakens and so with that the force awakens advances
1: lame bad takes
3: going to be a tough argument in no, that Johnny, like for that one yeah
2: you you got uh killed by the rest of the movies but i can separate it from
1: that <laughs> but like even if that this movie is bad on its own because it just no. the whole movie is an essentially a remake plot wise of basically two movies we've seen before Comes to the same conclusion as those. And the whole rest of the movie is just asking questions so for someone else to answer. And then it ended up just being J.J. giving really bad answers to those questions. So you don't actually get anything that appeasing from it. And they completely botched the death of like oh. the most famous character in the franchise. So you guys are wrong. It will lose its next round no matter we'll what. Like one. I'll make All sure right. of it. Well, so one, Whatever. It, there, so. it advances but undeservingly so. All
0: right. So next up we have, I forgot. Let me look. Next up we have Mad Max Fury Road versus Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mad Max Fury Road also came out in 2015, just like uh, The Force Awakens, directed by George Miller. Uh, it's our two seed, and it's about a an apocalypse Post apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler and search for her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshipper, and a drifter named Max. And uh I will start with Bobby. Where where are you thinking? Mad Max Free Road or Rise of the Planet of the Apes.
2: So, like I said, uh last time we brought up Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I think it's a great movie and this trilogy, is amazing. If we were gonna rank like you know this trilogy versus the Mad Max movies, I would take the Planet of the H trilogy. But on an individual movie basis, I think that Mad Max Fury Road is uh, amazing. It's it's such a visual spectacle, um, and it's it throws you right into the world, uh, and it's nonstop. It's pretty much just, uh, right from the beginning. Um, it's you know essentially a long chase and then a, a ride back towards the, where they came from. But uh, they pull that off really well. Give you great characters with furiosa and and max and that dynamic um and it's just like just the craziness that they show with you know the guitar guy with the flamethrower and all that and um uh nicholas holt's character who's just endlessly entertaining whenever he's on screen Uh, i think there's just way too much good about it the score is amazing in this movie as well um obviously a best picture nominee so to me it's not very close even though i like both movies it's definitely mad max Fury road
0: all right, I'm gonna make it quick. Uh, if you've been, if you're watching the video version of this, I changed my little avatar name down there to a Morton Joe, the villain and Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, I love that movie; it's great. I watch it like once a year. I love Rise of the Planet of the Apes. If I were to rank, maybe the trilogy versus <clears throat> just Mad Max Fury Road. Like Bobby said, I might give it to the trilogy, but just like Bobby said, individual basis, Mad Max Fury Road, I think blows Rise of the Planet of the Apes out of the apocalyptic wasteland. And so with that, my vote, Mad Max Free Road, and I will go to Johnny next.
1: Yeah, echoing the sentiments, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a bigger fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise as a whole than I am the Mad Max movies. I just uh, rewatched Beyond uh, Thunderdome. And the most exciting sequence of that film is in the third act. There's the, the car chase scene. Mad Max Fury Road said, we're going to take the best aspect of the old movies and we're going to just make that our entire movie. They really understood what they were doing. Rise of the Planet of the Apes does a good job rebooting. Um, this would be more of a fight if it was Dawn against Mad Max, but in the end, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best movies to come out in the 2010s. Um, it is incredible from start to finish. There's so many amazing sequences and I'll always give, uh, as much as I love the motion capture in the, Dawn, or in the Planet of the Apes new movies, um, I'm always a sucker for amazing practical effects. And that's what Mad Max Fury Road is full of. So Mad Max Fury Road, even though I like Rise, Mad Max gets the easy victory for me.
0: All right. So this looks like it'll be uh, probably a clean sweep. But I will let Tristan give his thoughts as I update the scoreboard.
3: Yeah, I'll echo the praise for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think it, in terms of an actual revival of the franchise, I think it's more successful because Mad Max Free Road came out and was this awesome, huge, successful blast. And the franchise has gone through a, a lot of production problems since. And I don't know if we're ever going to get another movie in that franchise at this point. So it's one of those kind of disappointing things where it, it, it revived the f- interest in the franchise, but it ultimately didn't actually revive the franchise itself. Uh, so I, I think that is kind of disappointing in terms of free road. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's an absolutely incredible movie. It's such a fun blast. And Johnny mentioned earlier uh, during dread about how he kind of judges movies by like having these, Oh shit moments in the action where you're like, kind of you're blown away by what you're seeing and Mad Max free road. It's like, you'll have an Oh shit action moment. And then it'll cut to this, another Oh shit action moment. And then cut to like another Oh shit action moment, like in a row. And it's like, it's such an ambitious movie and really blows you away uh so i am definitely giving to win the win to mad max here uh yeah if we were doing like the entirety of the trilogy against like the entirety of the mad max franchise or something like that <laughs> it might be a win here because i do love all the planet of the apes movies even the old old ones but i think free road as an individual movie it takes all the ideas of the mad max franchise and turns them up to like a million and it's yeah, we mentioned just Immortan Joe, really a great character and so many great practical effects that I'll always remember the guitar guy with the flames, but also just like the Tom Hardy and the characters swinging around on those those kind of like branches that are going back and forth. It was very inventive in, in its effects, and you can call it just a big, long car chase, but when the car chase looks that fucking awesome, it's like you can give me as much to that car chase as you possibly want to give me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm giving it to Mad Max.
0: Are they... With that, Mad Max advances obviously, and uh, we move down to our 7 seed versus our 10 seed, and that is The Departed versus Blade Runner 2049. Uh, our 7 seed, The Departed, came out in 2006, directed by Martin Scorsese. It's about an undercover cop and a mole in the police uh, uh, department who attempt to identify each other while infiltrating an Irish gang in South Boston. And then we also have at our 10 seed, Blade Runner 2049, came out in 2017, Versus, er, uh, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. It's about young Blade Runner K's discovery of a long buried secret, which leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, who's been missing for 30 years. And, uh, Tristan, your vote didn't really count last time, so I will let you start. And I just want to say I think it's interesting that uh, Scorsese and Phil Neuve had to go against each other both times. So.
3: Yeah, The Part of It is one of those really, really iconic remakes. It's one of those movies where you tell someone it's a remake and a lot of people don't even know because it's been so well-received on its own that it's become like a, so iconic as its own thing. But I also think it's one of those movies that people who are really into – the original film will come out in, in droves to tell you how, oh, actually the original is a lot better than the remake and you should go watch the original and the original is kind of has this big following as well as one of those movies that it gets overshadowed by its remake so I think Departed has a, has kind of like an iconography in that level among remakes and there's a lot of great scenes and a lot of great twists and a lot of great performances. I think it really is one of those embodiments of Rossezi's mob era filmmaking where he just stuffs it with all of his iconic actors and they're all on this like, gritty city kind of life. It, it has a lot of his themes in there. But for me, those are never the Scorsese movies I personally love. I, I respect a lot of his mob movies, a lot of his crime movies, but I like a lot of his other movies more so than these. It's, for me, mob is mob as a genre as a whole has never really appealed to me. Not so just much Scorsese, but uh, just the genre generally. So this is one that never really stuck out. To me, is the one that I always watched. I watched it once or twice, and I said that was a good one with good performances, but not one of my favorites. And Blade Runner twenty forty nine is one of my favorites. So you talk about a franchise that was completely dead—not even really a franchise. Like it was just one movie, you know. And you take one movie, and then decades later, you pick it up and run with it again. And I think that's a unique thing among these reboots too. Is you take something from that era—it's just a one. It's not even a franchise to revive. It's just this one movie you're taking the ideas and the themes. And it never should have been as good as it is, too. (laughs) So I think it's just like a really impressive, ambitious movie. We we talked about Villeneuve earlier and his sense of scale and how he can really provide a great, huge, shocking image. And I think this is probably his best movie and deserves the win here. as a revival of the franchise. It's gorgeous. And I think it is just much more of an impact on me personally than The Departed did.
0: All right. uh, I will go next. Uh, I echo a lot of what uh, Tristan said. I I, I, I like The Departed a lot. I think it's got some great moments, great scenes, a lot of really good performances. Matt Damon versus Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, but I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine was like I mean, with Denis Villeneuve coming in to direct, you knew it had to be a certain level of quality. But it's kind of this, oh we're doing a sequel to a movie, for, you know thirty five years later. Um. Uh, and it's basically this kind of very niche sci-fi movie that only really like hardcore sci-fi fans know or care about. And it came out, and it was amazing. One of the best movies of its year, one of the best sci-fi movies of the decade, and it may be my favorite uh, Denis Villeneuve movie. Uh, I think they kind of... What we were kind of talking about with The Force Awakens of like nostalgia plus new, I think it had that perfect balance of both with bringing Harrison Ford back as Rick Decker to you know, a touch of nostalgia, but also a lot of new stuff going on, especially with like Dave Batista's character in that opening scene. And so for me, it's an easy vote. I'm going Blade Runner 2049 as well, and I will go to Johnny next. You're muted. You're right. Um, So
1: this one is much closer for me than for for you two. I think The Departed um, is another one that, like, I know it won Scorsese Best Director, and that's what a lot of people kind of, I feel like kind of hate on it for, and they're like, well, that's nowhere near his best movie, and they just kind of gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award. But I think The Departed is one of his best movies. I find it endlessly rewatchable. I can start in any point, like, if that movie, back when I had cable and this movie was on all the time, no matter what point I started watching, I would watch to the end. That's more than I can say for a lot of movies. Um, all the performances are great, and it improved upon the original to me. And I usually prefer, like, especially with American remakes, I always am the I prefer the, you know, foreign film. But this had added so much to it that you didn't get in that one. Um, even with the character of Frank um, and the in Infernal Affairs you actually have like the two main people um, know who the new, know who the other person is like the whole movie. And it doesn't have nearly as much tension as the departed does. Um, and it doesn't have like the surprise, like crazy last 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, Blade Runner 2049. I think this gets the win for me solely based on the fact that I don't give a shit about the original Blade Runner movie. We watched it. I thought it was dull. I wasn't into it at all. And then I saw Blade Runner 2049 was like mesmerized from start to finish by it. I've watched it once or twice since then it's going to be a movie that I want to watch on the biggest TV possible. Any like, you know, once a year, once every two years, something like that. The departed after I stopped having cable is not one that I've frequently revisited, but I think Blade Runner 2049 is. And I think that's kind of my tiebreaker on it. Um, I just think a lot of the visuals look amazing in Blade Runner 2049. I love the performances. It's just kind of, you know, I can point to Scorsese films and say, like, these are better, have the debate, whatever. Blade Runner 2049 is right there as one of my top Villeneuve films. And I think it, you know, and if, and that led to him being the guy who is now making the Dune movies that I love. So I'm going to go Blade Runner 2049. But these were literally my... I think Blade Runner was my number five and The Party was my number six. Um, so it was close. But I think Blade Runner 2049 just had that much more... Lasting impact after the first viewing than the departed did.
0: All right. On Bobby, obviously it's, you know, three votes, so your vote really doesn't matter, but I'll let you give your thoughts on these movies as I update the bracket.
2: Yeah, Johnny pretty much hit on everything that I would have said, uh, as well as Tristan, but like, uh, really, um, I, I think it. Well, Joe too, but I mean, like, I think, you, especially you, Johnny, brought up just the fact that, like, the Blade, the original Blade Runner, I liked more than you did, but I didn't fall in love with it. I wasn't attached to it at all. Um, so I really didn't know what to kind of be excited for in Blade Runner 2049, and it blew me away. Um, it, uh, you know, the world it created, Brian Gosling uh, plays that role very well, as well as bringing back Harrison Ford and... um just other than being visually stunning, it, it connected me to a story that I didn't think I would be connected to and characters that I wasn't necessarily connected to already from the previous version, even though they were trying to tie it back to that one. So, um, The Departed is great. It, like Johnny said, it, on cable, if it's ever on, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, and it's one of, I think it is one of Scorsese's better movies, um, at least one of his more watchable movies, uh, one that you wouldn't have to sit and watch like the whole thing to kind of get something out of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Blade Runner 2049 uh, and put it, th- and that would have gone through anyways, but um, it was my, I think my number four and my number seven. So in the same ballpark, cause where Johnny hit him.
0: All right. And so that brings us to our next matchup, which is uh, Creed versus Dune, and we already talked about Dune, but Creed, our three seed, also came out in 2015, uh, directed by Ryan Coogler. It's about former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa who serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. And I will go to Bobby, since your vote didn't count last time, I'll let you kick off this vote.
2: Yeah, um, I I think this one is To me, not that close now, because I think Creed is one of the best movies to come out in the past, you know, 10 years or so, especially for someone who grew up watching the Rocky franchise um, as much as I did, Uh, and it revitalized it in a way that I didn't think they really would, instead of just being kind of like Rocky Balboa, which I really do enjoy, but it wasn't anything that would make like a big impact as far as, um, you know, on a filmmaking level or anything like that. It was just, oh, that's another good Rocky movie. Uh, to to reboot it in this way and bring it bring in Apollo Creed's son and Adonis uh, with Michael B. Jordan um, as the lead and then putting Slice, uh, Sylvester Stallone in the supporting role I think that was brilliant uh, got one of the best performances out of him and a an Oscar nomination for it uh, which he should have won um, but Ryan Coogler did a, such a great violence. job with the with the just the energy of this movie and the fight scenes uh, the character development of Adonis um, and as well as his relationship with Bianca. Uh, and with Rocky himself I think it's it did what it was supposed to do as far as a reboot which is revitalize the franchise and it gave to me one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years Um, and maybe in time this would get closer but right now uh, I can't get it past Creed
0: Alright I will go to Johnny next Creed or Dune So I think I
1: saw Creed in theaters with Bobby and I was blown away by it. I loved it. Um I had fun from start to finish. Um and I was championing for Stallone to win uh that Oscar, and he didn't. And since then I have never rewatched Creed. I, I don't know if that says more about me or the lasting impact this really had on me. It would me up in the moment, but it's not ever something that I see, and I'm like, I want to revisit that. This might be recency bias, but Dune. Immediately after watching it, I went back and, like, watched most of the movie again, and then I'll probably rewatch it from start to finish in the next week or so, Um, and it just gives me – for me, like, for what I'm looking for in a movie, like, Creed hyped me up, and I had a lot of fun with it, but Dune gave me a lot to, like, think about, and visually it's more appealing, and I love the performances, and it's just, like – it's a movie that just stuck with me more in terms of something that I tend to go to in film – more so than Creed did. Um, I'll probably revisit Rocky before I revisit, you know, Creed. So I'm going to go Dune, um, which again, like I think they're one spot different in my rankings. And I would have told you you're crazy if, you know, just even seeing the trailer for Dune, telling you that I would have picked it in this matchup. But Dune's just stuck with me and I've really been enjoying it um, a lot. And Creed, I just for whatever reason has never I've never felt the urge to go back and watch it again. So, I'm going to go with Dune.
0: All right. Uh I'll go next. Uh I you know, I really like both of these movies a lot. However, I think Dune for me is still hard to judge without the part 2. It just feels like one half of a story. So, you know, we get the second half of that story and it comes out and, you know, they knock it out of the park and it's amazing and I love it. I think Dune shoots up in my rankings. They it falls apart with the second half. Then I just have really no desire to go back and watch uh, this first part. But with Creed, to me, it tells a full story. If, I, if we were to rank like our favorite movie moments of all time, I think it might be... Uh, I know people talk about the locker room speech, and that was uh, Stallone's big Oscar moment, but I think one of my favorite movie moments of all time is um, Stallone's speech to Creed right before the final round where he's like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel, like, you're you're done, it's over. And Creed's like, oh, I got to prove it. And, and Rocky's like, prove what? And he's like, prove I'm not a mistake. And that's when, like, all of the, you know, message, all of the theme, all of, like, the story, all of Creed's reason behind fighting, um, you know, comes into the forefront and it's, like, shown exactly what his entire motivation is. You have the one-shot fight scene, which is great. All of the fight scenes, introducing new things like showing the like the player or the fighter stats as they come into the movie, I really liked. And I liked how they took like kind of shades of stuff from the previous Rocky, especially the first Rocky, and kind of switched it up, changed it. Him and Bianca's relationship isn't the same as Rocky and Adrian's. You know, the relationship between him and Rocky isn't the same as between Rocky and Mickey. And I feel like they kind of told a different type of underdog story. And for me, it's not that close, and I would vote for Creed over Dune. And so that means Tristan either gets to send Creed on, or he gets to make this a little interesting.
3: Yeah, it's a difficult uh, conversation here because, similar to Johnny, Dune is much more the kind of movie that I go for. It's much more of like about the craft and the the themes and the philosophy more so than just the the thrill of the movie or like the action or anything like that. And I walked out of Dune and I was constantly thinking about uh, what it was trying to say and what it meant and also what was next and where it was going to go. And I can't wait to rewatch Dune and I can't wait to watch Dune part two. Like I really feel like similar to Blade Runner, this is a movie that in any other director's hands probably would have sucked and been terrible, but they gave it to a director who really understood craft and really understood the importance of like crafting a shot. Well, not just, throwing up a camera and having the actors say cool lines and then cg and the rest of it later because whatever it'll it'll make the fans clap in the theater you know and i think dune is much more ambitious than a lot of the sci-fi action movies we are getting right now uh that being said uh create is like one of my all-time favorite movies <laughs> i've seen it so many times i, I think I've, I've seen it like a dozen times uh people talk about rocky inspiring people to walk out of the theater and, like, change their lives, you know, walk out of the theater and go work out, walk out of the theater and finally get in shape, finally do that thing you want to do with your life. And I walked out of Creed and I was like, fuck yes, I'm going to achieve everything I ever wanted to achieve, you know. And I was like, (laughs) I felt, like, so just engaged and inspired in the same way that I imagine people felt walking out of Rocky. So I think it it not just revived the Rocky franchise, it kind of, like, revived – the energy of Rocky when it came out, you know, when everyone was working out and everyone was trying. I know that when this movie came out, it wasn't just me. I know a lot of people who watched this and were like, I'm getting in shape. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And this movie definitely inspired me to reach for my potential and do more than I was doing in my life at that point. And it's still one that I go back to to remind myself that, like, I can still try to do better with my life and, and get out of the whatever rut I'm into that point or whatever. If I'm feeling down, i watch Creed to feel good again, you know, so... I'm giving a win to Creed here.
1: Oh, yeah. And Dune is the opposite of all of that. But look at, look, you know what? It, it's worked yeah. out for Tristan because look at those abs. Yeah.
3: I know. Look, it inspired <laughs> me to work and out the, and look at my packs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So Shredded. with that, Creed, adv- our three seed Creed advances, taking out our 14 seed Dune, which, you know. RIP. RIP. For Dune.
2: the audio listeners, Tristan's camera's back and he is clearly shirtless.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry guys, I didn't know I'd be on camera today You know, it Looks a lot like
0: Adam Driver yeah.
3: A little bit, yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Alright, so our next matchup We have our 6 seed Invasion of the Body Snatchers Versus our 11 seed Batman Begins Which, it's a little low <laughs> Fuck you Rotten Tomatoes So, Invasion of the Body Snatchers Came out in 1978 Directed by Philip Kaufman uh, when, strange, when strange seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade San Francisco, California, where they replicate the residents into emotionless automatons, one body at a time. Then we have our eleven-seed Batman Begins, came out in two thousand five, directed by Christopher Nolan. After training with his mentor, Batman begins his Batman begins his fight to free crime-ridden Gotham City from corruption, having. Get, you read it one way for so long, and yeah. then it's just part of the sentence, and you're like, "This feels weird." Yeah. I will say, we have a lot of 2005 and 2015 in here. I'm excited for all the reboots and remakes we get in 2025 because they should be pretty good. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna actually start with uh,
2: Spider-Man reboot.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I will Please. kick this off yeah, with. Will be due for one. Tristan, well, where's your vote? Is- of the Body Snatchers or Batman Begins?
3: This is really interesting because Batman Begins is a huge watershed moment for comic book movies, you know. And I think it definitely proved to people that Batman, not just Batman, but comic book characters in general, could be taken seriously by like these artistic indie directors who are coming out and making these kind of ambitious movies. And they, ha- they, I think it, I really am impressed that Warner Brothers was uh, had the courage to hand such a big name of Batman to Nolan, who at the time was rather unproven like he was still a, a unknown kind of uh film house kind of director like people who are really into the film scene would have seen Memento and things like that but he wasn't a casual household name by any means at all at this point and I think it shows a lot of courage that I don't necessarily see from a lot of studios today to be this ambitious and to say okay hand it off to this director who's not even proven himself and let him just do it and not really overstep or interfere too much with it So I think it it definitely deserves some credit for that. But that being said, it's hard to rank Batman Begins as like this big revival return of Batman when the sequel outdid it in like every single possible way. And I think the sequel is very much like Batman Begins proved to comic book fans and to like film fans that it could be done. And I think The Dark Knight proved to like every single person in the world that it could be done. And (laughs) I think if you could have included The Dark Knight, that's much more of a revival than I think Batman Begins is. I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers is remaking a bad, not not a bad 1950s movie, but like a really cheap, low budget, cheesy 1950s movie, and one that's been also one that's been done a lot of times. And I think this particular version of the movie in 1978 definitely is the one that stands out and has really iconic moments, like the guy at the end pointing and screaming into the camera, and a lot of great practical effects too. So I think in terms of a remake. Of a previous movie, I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a, is my win here. I think Batman Begins turns the tide of the Batman franchise, and then the, it kind of sets up the Dark Knight to be the true, genuine king that comes in there and, like, revives the franchise and truly kicks it into higher gear. So I think Batman Begins is not that level for me. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give the Invasion of the Body Snatchers the win. But we'll see how it goes for you guys.
0: All right. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, before I say that, I will say it was to jump a little bit on Tristan's point of handing that off to Christopher Nolan, who is kind of unproven. It's kind of strange to look back and realize that uh, Warner Brothers was deciding who should take over the Batman franchise—Christopher Nolan or Darren Aronofsky. Because I feel like there's two, like, very yeah. out there choices, and I'm very glad it went to Nolan because I've read Aronofsky's Aronofsky script, and it's very, very bad. Um, And they almost went with it. However, normally, um, if I haven't seen one of the two movies, I abstain from voting because I don't think it's fair. But Batman Begins is in one of my top four movies of all time. I'm a massive Batman fan. There's no way that I watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers and it even eclipses that level. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Tristan says about Batman Begins, except for the fact that I feel like it did. Uh, revitalize and, you know, reinvigorate the franchise by taking it in a lot more of a serious tone. Uh, maybe The Dark Knight was popular, but the anticipation for The Dark Knight was so high because of how good Batman Begins was, and my vote goes to uh, Batman Begins, and I will go to Bobby next.
2: Yeah, in a similar uh, way to you, Batman Begins, while it's not like in my top four movies or anything of all time, it it's... It's a very important movie to me, and I love the Batman franchise. Um, and I do think it did. Like The Dark Knight was a big cultural moment because of really Heath Ledger's Joker and everything that led up to it. But it's because of what they did with Batman Begins, um, and really grounding it, tell you, telling you kind of the true origin story of Batman for the first time, really, with the League of Shadows and all that, at least on the big screen. Um, and it, it, you know, it to come off of Batman and Robin um it was a really big risk to to go this direction um with Christopher Nolan and to do that like you said and invasion of the body snatchers like i think i've seen it once and then i've seen like bits and pieces and i do i remember liking it but it n- made nowhere near of an impact on me um as batman begins did um and i think it really did reboot and revitalize the franchise uh, even if the dark knight was the more popular film but it was the more popular film because it was set up from the batman from batman begins um and the hype was all, all there because of what they did with that movie. So uh to me as Batman Begins and it's not not very close.
0: Alright. Johnny, I know you not hundred percent sure if you've seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but maybe you remembered you did and you realized I mean, you loved it. So. I've seen I've
1: seen at least two of them. I don't know if I've seen the seventies version or whatever this one is that we're actually talking about. I know I've seen There's like a 58 one. I've seen that. And then I saw the really bad 2004 one, possibly in theaters. All I know is Daniel Craig was in it. It's not even like a story that I find like super interesting. So going back and even seeing the best version of it, I don't think it would even eclipse like the thing as far as what it's doing. Um, So, and yeah, and Batman Begins, I do disagree with Tristan on one thing of, you know the dark knight came out and eclipsed everything batman begins did i think batman begins is a better story from start to finish than the dark knight but the dark knight is more memorable because it has those performances that stand out which the batman begins maybe is missing but i like the actual story that batman begins tells quite a bit and i also think that same with casino royale i don't think i think it's easy to understate how bad people Thought like the Batman franchise as a whole were and said well as James Bond after the previous movie completely destroyed it and this movie just brought it back to life and in such a way like a, an amazing way like you don't normally get a reboot that's the best movie of the franchise and that's what we got at the time that this came out because even like going back and watching like the 80s and 90s Batman movies none of those hold up very well and Batman Begins is is awesome and The Dark Knight is awesome so it's Batman Begins for me. Whether I have seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers or not, I don't know. I've seen two of them, for All sure. Right.
0: All right, so with that, I'm going to say Batman Begins Advances as an 11 seed for some reason, because Rotten Tomatoes is stupid. Even though it's owned by, owned by Warner Brothers, you think they'd hype up their own movies. But with that, we go back to the top left corner of our bracket to see which is the first movie to advance to the final four. We have the story of threes. We have Toy Story 3 or 310 to Yuma. And I will go to Bobby first.
2: All right. Let me look at the bracket. Where are we at here again? I Toy Story 3 versus 310 to three. Yuma. All right. So to, we've said our like long pieces on, on these movies when they first came up. Uh, and it's going to be Toy Story three is going to be a tough one when it, even when it goes against kind of the movies that I, I ranked ahead of it, which aren't that many, but, um, I think just the specialness that it holds, uh, to me as, and, and a lot of us really as a, as a franchise and as a revitalization of that franchise and the time that it came out and just being such a great movie itself, um, is going to be a tough one to beat. 310 U you is great. Um, it's a really great Western, uh, like we said, but I think Toy Story three, um, beats it out here to me and it's really just kind of what it did for as a reboot of the franchise itself. And just as a, I think just as a movie of movie as a whole as well.
0: All right. And uh, I'll go to Johnny next toy story three or three to Yuma.
1: Yeah. As far as like the type of movie that I'll throw on, like right now, if I wanted to watch a movie, I'd go through 10 to Yuma and not toy story three, but toy story three is just, a masterpiece, and I won't ever forget the feeling I had seeing it in theaters for the first time. And I have rewatched it since multiple times, and every time I enjoy it. Um, but it was a special feeling seeing it in theaters and just having those nostalgic, emotional moments, basically. Um, 310 to Yuma is a is a super fun Western, but it doesn't bring that same those same feelings as Toy Story 3. So that's a win for me for Toy Story 3.
0: All right, and uh Tristan?
3: Uh, yeah, I didn't talk too much about 310 to Yuma last time because I was trying desperately to hype up Little Shop of Horrors. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 310 to Yuma, I actually haven't seen the original, I don't think, but I, I do really like this remake. I remember watching it in theaters with my family, and uh, uh, my uncle was a big, huge fan of Westerns. So when he saw it, he was kind of the expert of the original and coming in and saying, oh, well, they did like this in that movie, they did like that in this movie. And uh, he he kind of introduced me to the idea of, of movies in a lot of ways, so I have a lot of good memories with him taking me to movies when I was a little kid, and this is one of the ones that I saw when I was when I was young. And so I, I'm, and I'm also on a western kick after I watched The Harder They Fall, so I might end up giving a rewatch to Three Tinta to Yuma because I've been looking for some good kind of contemporary westerns because it's kind of a genre that is very very dead in the modern times. Like we get occasionally a western, and this is one of those like, occasional westerns that came out and was good, uh, but in the end. Toy Story 3 in terms of like a revival of a franchise, in terms of bringing a franchise back to life and bringing all the people back together again to watch it and kind of bringing not just the characters back, but like the themes of the original franchise and the ideas of growing up in childhood and moving on, that's been present throughout the entire Toy Story franchise. It wasn't just something they threw on because, oh, now the people are old, so we got to make them old now. And I think That's something that a lot of copycats have tried to do, where it's like, oh, we're gonna bring back the same actors, but they're gonna be really old, and it's gonna be about how like they're old now. (laughs) And I feel like this Toy Story uh, three was able to do that and put the characters' lives genuinely at risk. Like it, I my mind did not think rationally when they were going down that fire chute. I was like, wow, they're dead. They're about to kill the whole cast. Like that, this is it, you know. And I I felt that moment and. To engage a full-grown adult that much into a kids' movie is something that I think is really impressive too. So I'm going to go ahead and give the win to Toy Story Three. Although Three Hundred and Ten to Yuma, I do remember liking it a lot, and it's one that I want to revisit soon.
0: All right, and uh, I have not seen Three Hundred and Ten to Yuma, so I'm, oh, it doesn't matter. So it really didn't matter what one voted either. You
1: gotta watch it. I know, it's I know, really I
0: love it. I just it's one of those things I haven't gotten around to. I will say one of my all-time favorite YouTube videos is there was these two. Like teenager kids that got their mom a copy of Toy Story 3 for Christmas, uploaded it onto their computer, and re-edited it so the credits started as they all embraced going into the fire fire shoot, and then put it back in the disc, wrapped it up, gave it to their mom, and they watched it like Christmas night, and like, they're all going down the fire chute, and then just the credits start, and their mom just starts like bawling and freaking out. Like, how can that be the ending? How, it's a Disney movie. How can they It's It's a great video. My description doesn't do it justice. You just need to look it up. Uh, and so with that, we might have a battle on our hands in the next round because we have Casino Royale versus The Force Awakens. And I'm just going to start with the person who I know where their vote's going. They don't even really need to tell us their vote but I will let Johnny go first.
1: (laughs) I will reiterate the force awakens. Whole thing is being a remake of a movie. We've already seen every plot point, essentially introducing some fun characters and then asking a bunch of questions that we never get a uh, fulfilling answer to. um, As well as having one of the worst scenes in any star Wars movie on Han's ship with the weird aliens where they completely waste the cast of the raid as well as botching the death of Han Solo, as well as just, you know, yeah, there was a lot of promise coming out, but I think that made it even worse how bad the rest of the movies are. Um, I mean, The Last Jedi, I liked. And then Rise of Skywalker is in the bottom five movies I've ever seen in my life um, and killed the franchise for me. And Casino Royale... uh, it was amazing, still is amazing, and all of the Daniel Craig movies afterwards, I have a lot of love for, even the, the ones that some people think are bad, like Quantum Inspector. Um, so, Christina Royale not only rebooted an amazing, like, my favorite franchise of all time, but kept it going and followed through with its follow-ups, unlike Star Wars The Force Awakens.
0: All right, and with that, I will go to the person who currently has Kylo Ren as their face and see where they're about
3: ghosts yeah i mean i loved casino royale it's a fun movie it's a good action movie but nothing nothing is a revitalization of a franchise more than the force awakens the force awakens it we talked about it enough how much we walked out of it hyped and ready for the future of the franchise but i also want to counter some of johnny's points he's like oh the Han solo death sucked and no it didn't it was a great really powerful moment and I know people in the theater were sobbing afterwards because it affected them so much. And it's a moment that I think resonates throughout the franchise as a star Wars fan. And I think it's one of the most powerful moments of the sequel trilogy. And I think the Ray versus Kylo Ren battle in the forest has incredible visuals. just a really, really satisfying uh, lightsaber fight at the end of the movie. Uh, it kind of builds up all the way to that. And I think it's a really great battle. You can say, Oh, it's repetitive of the previous movies in a way. Like I sure, cause it had a lightsaber fight at the end. I guess, but like, like, it's not just they're blowing up Death Star base and they win. Like there's a lot more going on at the end of that movie than just the one thing that is repeated from the previous movie. And I think, yeah, I mean, revitalization of a franchise, the franchise is still alive. There's one bad movie that came out, but there's multiple TV shows coming out. There's the Mandalorian is like arguably Disney's biggest production that they have right now outside of Marvel. So like that's hugely alive. And that only happened because of this movie and I think this movie kind of set the precedent of all of these franchises trying to come back to life, and all of them are failing because they just can't capture the lightning in a bottle of what this movie was. So I think I'm giving this a win because it is that lightning in a bottle moment. Like Everyone went and saw this. Everyone was hyped afterwards. Everyone was ready to see more Star Wars, and I think that that gets the win for me for it.
0: All right, and with that, I will go to Bobby. I think. Yeah, this one...
2: In twenty, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you're good. You're good. There was just a slight. Delay, but you're... I can hear you. Can you hear me?
2: Gotcha. Yep. Can you? Yeah, you can. I, go. Can, I can hear you talk. Yeah,
0: you're... it's your turn. Go. All right. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Make the um, right decision. In... Do it. In in twenty fifteen, telling
0: him not to pick Star Wars.
2: Exactly. Right. I think Listen I'm knows. very delayed because I'm talking while you guys are talking, but um in 2015 when this when the force awakens came out this would have been a really a much closer battle um because uh, i was so hyped on star wars at the time it did it really did revitalize the franchise um and it got everyone excited everyone was speculating about the next movies um it introduced some great characters with a lot of really good promise um but you know looking back on it uh, i still love the force awakens but to me it doesn't quite hold up as much as going back and watching Casino Royale as a whole movie because it's it does have its faults where it is kind of repeating some some beats and there's some character stuff that's set up in that movie that is a little bit more disappointing now that you have seen where it goes um, and Casino Royale is just a masterpiece all the way through I think it sets up it reboots the character of Bond better than I think it reboots anything in The Force Awakens um, does for Star Wars but bond is just not as big of a franchise as star Wars. So it didn't make as big of a cultural impact, but to me, it's a much better movie now looking back on it, even though the force awakens is a really fun movie to watch. I love it. It's, it's a really great movie, but, um, there's a reason that it has gone down my rankings of movies in itself since it came out in 2015 and casino Royale has stayed in its spot since 2006 and maybe even gone up. So I'm going to go with casino Royale. All
0: right. So I guess that comes to me. Um, I'll see. I disagree with a lot of what Johnny said. Uh, I like the Han Solo death. I think it works on multiple levels. Kylo Ren, new, fun, interesting character that has a good arc. Uh, You know, I'm I would say a newer Bond fan I Casino Royale. It's the one I started with. And, uh, I love The Force Awakens when it came out. It's You want to talk revitalizing a franchise, all, you know. it basically reinvigorated Star Wars, a franchise that was basically on Death's Door, kind of forgotten about. I said for a while now that if um, Avatar 2 came out in 2015 and The Force Awakens never came out, I think the Avatar franchise would be where Star Wars is now as, as far as pop culture. Dead. But, you know, who, I still think... Me. But, you know, Mandalorian's one of the biggest, you know, shows out there. I think The Force Awakens definitely revitalized um, Star Wars more than Casino Royale revitalized James Bond. However, um, to me, this isn't a what movie revitalized their franchise more. This is a what movie is better. And one of the things I've always said is I love the world of Star Wars more than I love any individual piece. And if you had to tell me, rank what movie is better, Casino Royale or The Force Awakens, my vote would be for Casino Royale. And so my vote for today is to vote for Casino Royale to advance to the next round.
2: That's the correct, correct decision. Bad call. <laughs> and I love The Force Awakens way more than Johnny does. Obviously, he doesn't like looking back on it. But yeah, Casino Royale is just different. It's, it's just special.
1: And you, it led to an exciting conclusion. It did.
3: Even no though we had to, to go through a bunch of movies bad movies to get to the good one at the end.
1: We didn't, though, because they're all amazing.
3: All right, and none of them are as good as The Last Jedi was. And I hopefully we get another one someday. You know, I'd love to see what episode nine could be. You know, hopefully hopefully they make one. Yeah. They yeah, never if, did.
1: They, if they just If they just remake it and pretend it never happened and continued off what The Last Jedi actually did, maybe The Force Awakens... Gets knocked up a couple points to me, but it'll. But never also, be great we've seen right? what
0: happens when you continue episode eight and just still make it equally bad script with uh, Colin Trevorrow's script because that thing was fucking hot trash too. So, all right, next up we got to see which is the third movie to advance into the final four and that is Mad Max Fury Road versus Blade Runner 2049 and I since we started with Johnny last time let's start with Bobby
2: (laughs) this one's really tight for me Um, I think man it goes back and forth if you look at my Joe I don't know if you saw my original list or remember it but uh, these are my number three and number four Ah. Um, so these are very close and it kind of depends on the day when I made the list it was Mad Max 3 and Blade Runner 4 these are two of the better like two of the best reboots that I've you know of a movie or re um, whatever you want to call them for these ones revitalizations and uh, I think it comes down to What I think could be a masterpiece, they're both masterpieces of the genre, but honestly, I think today just on an entertainment level value, because I can go back and forth and tell you all the good things about both movies. I think I'm going to go with Mad Max Fury Road here just for the pure craziness and entertainment value on something that was so kind of unexpected at the time and what they did with the practical effects uh, with that and everything. And this one's really close for me. It's probably like 51, 49 or even closer if you can get any closer than that. Uh, so it, I'm definitely an interesting one to go to first, but I think today it's
3: Mad Max Fury Road.
0: All right. It's an interesting choice. I will go to Tristan next.
3: Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is an awesome, entertaining movie. It's an absolute blast to watch, and it's like the epitome of great action movies for me. It's one that I'll always constantly, like if I'm going through the channels and it's on, and I don't even care what I'm doing the rest of the day because now I'm watching Mad Max Fury Road, and it's constantly entertaining, and I'll give it, that but i think blade runner has the win for me here you mentioned the practical effects of uh fury road and that's definitely a remarkable part of it but blade runner also has incredible effects and i think in effects that are much more ambitious in some ways than free road even was and both of these have big large-scale ambition that are trying to revive a franchise uh that was long dead but i think for me blade runner 2049 does a better job reviving it not just it doesn't just come back to the world and give you an awesome action movie. It comes back to the world, gives you an awesome movie and also revives the themes of the original movie in a way that makes you kind of think back and question it, not just in a way that's like, remember this, remember that it's in more of a last Jedi way where it's like trying to challenge your perception of the original movie and put it up against like the pedestal of nostalgia in some ways. And I think this is a really great movie to come out in the era of all of these empty nostalgia grabbing reboots to have this come out and be this good is really really impressive so i'm going to go ahead and get the window blade runner for me because free road is a great action movie but i think blade runner it, it takes everything about the original movie and just does it in a much better way modernizes it and has just that little salt of nostalgia without actually having to overwhelm me with repeating beats like force awakens us
0: all right and uh, i'll go to johnny next
1: one of these is my number four and one of these is my number five on my list. So I'm right there with Bobby of these being very close. One of these is my number 24 uh, in my top 100 movies of the decade. The other is my 31st movie of the decade. Both of those, the higher one is Mad Max Fury Road. Blade Runner is incredible and I love it. And it did something with a franchise I never really saw potential in um, me like really loving. Um, but Mad Max free road took something that a franchise that always had a lot of potential and then maximized upon that potential huh. to me. Um, and exactly maximized. So I, I think Fury road gets the win just because like Tristan said, both movies have amazing, amazing visuals, but I just tend to prefer like, I'm more impressed by practical effects than anything CG will ever be, and I think that is, like, the kind of just the difference maker here. I do think you probably have a couple better performances in Blade Runner 2049, um, but Charlie's Throne is also amazing as Furiosa um, in, in uh, Fury Road. So just for the guitar man with the flaming car um, alone, I'm going to go Mad Max.
0: Who doesn't love the D4 here? Um...
1: Exactly. But, the Dupe Warrior. Exactly. Should have been my name. Yeah.
0: I will say this. Uh, one of the things when ranking movies is rewatchability. Uh, One of these movies I've, re- I've watched like six or seven times now. One of these movies I've only watched twice. Uh, the one I've watched twice is uh, Blade Runner 2049. While good, I think the length for me, you know, it definitely tells the story. It doesn't feel overly long. But it's just a hard movie to go back to where... Mad Max Free Road is a movie I could throw on any time I want. I agree with everything pretty much everyone else says, but for me that's where my vote goes, is Mad Max Free Road. And so with that, Mad Max Free Road goes on to the final four. And that leaves our final matchup of the Elite 8 as Creed versus Batman Begins. And I will wait a second while I finish typing this cuz my brain stopped working. We're back. All right. Um Creed versus Batman Begins. Uh, I feel like I know where someone's vote's going to go, and so to save the suspense, I will start with them. Tristan Creed or Batman Begins.
3: Yeah, I mean, I love Batman Begins. I tried to roast it earlier to have it uh, stand at any level of chance against Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I think it's a great movie and Even though I do think it pales in comparison to the sequel in terms of practically everything, uh, I I think it really did a good job of proving that Batman could actually be an interesting character and not just Batman, like I said, but the entire genre. In a way, I think it does get overshadowed by its sequel in a way that it doesn't necessarily deserve because I think there are great performances in this and there are great action sequences in this and you can see Nolan getting his footing for this kind of a scale of filmmaking because he had never worked on something of this level before, so it's very fascinating to watch this again, especially when you see how much Nolan grows as a director and how much his craft grows. And you can see him you know, kind of testing the waters in some of his style here. So I like going back and watching that again. But for me, Creed is just an enthralling, incredible movie. And I I, I think it captures not just the idea of Rocky, but like it, it kind of repeats the beats in a, in a similar ways, but not really. It kind of repeats the themes in similar ways, but not really. So it, I think it has that perfect embodiment of what a reboot revival can kind of be where it's, it's sort of similar, but it's different in so many ways that you don't even notice that it's similar in, you know, and I think Creed for me is a constantly rewatchable movie. Uh, I'll watch Batman begins. If I'm going to do a trilogy watch of Batman movies, but I'm never just going to sit there and watch Batman begins, but Creed, I can throw it on whenever and just watch it and, Batman Begins is one that I only really watch as one part of a whole, and I think Creed stands alone as a single incredible movie by itself that uh, enraptured me and, and enraptures a lot of the themes of Rocky, so I'm giving the win to Creed here.
0: All right, I'll uh, I'll I'll go. Uh, this is the one and the three on my list uh, with Batman Begins and uh, Creed. So I love both of these movies. Creed, I agree with everything uh, Tristan said of... Basically, it's kind of old and new mixed together. They basically tell a similar story of Rocky, but tell it in a new way with Creed, with you know modern camera techniques and all of that. It's great. I've never had to pee more in my life than the final fight, but I was not leaving my seat. I'm like, if I pee myself, I pee myself, but I'm not. I'm not leaving my chair, man. That's just how it is. However, Batman Begins, like I've said earlier, is in my top four favorite movies of all time. I fully disagree with Tristan of how it's lesser to the Dark Knight in every way. I feel like, I agree with what Johnny said, I feel like the story in Batman Begins is better than the Dark Knight. And I feel like Batman Begins is a better Batman movie than the Dark Knight. I, to me, I love the Dark Knight, but it feels very much like just a cop movie where the cop dresses like a bat. It doesn't feel like a Batman movie. Gotham has its own feel, it's not just like generic Chicago City skyline. Uh, it has this vibe of, you know, of what I would want Gotham City to be, especially when you're talking comic book movie reboots, <laughs> instead of using the same old villains that they always use, like how Superman can't get away from using Lex Luthor or Zod. Christopher Nolan's like, oh, I'm going to use this random villain that no one but, like, hardcore comic book fans have heard of with Roz Algol. Sure, Scarecrow's in there, but again, he's not a big, big-time big villain. He's like, I'm going to tell a great movie with a villain no one has heard about or no one really cares about bring in a great actor and uh yeah Batman Begins to me just crushes it on every level and it's endlessly rewatchable so is Creed but for me it's a personal decision both movies are great but Batman Begins gets the edge and I will go to uh, Johnny next
1: yeah like I said with Creed like I had a lot of fun with it and I've never gone back to it maybe I go back to it and I love it and this is more of a discussion for me but Batman Begins is my number two. Creed is my number nine on my list. So they're both on it. Um, don't want to discredit Creed for that. But Batman Begins, I think, is incredible. I, Batman and James Bond are like my two favorite characters of all time and favorite franchises. And and Casino Royale and Batman Begins are the reason for those in the, in a lot of ways. So Batman Begins, I have similar feelings about to Casino Royale. So this one is, uh, well, I liked Creed a lot. Batman Begins, uh, pretty easy victory for me here
0: all right and uh bobby
2: yeah this is an interesting one because you know the franchises alone batman to me means a lot more than the rocky franchise even though i enjoy both franchises um but if i'm looking at this as an individual film and i love batman begins creed to me is just a is such a phenomenal movie um, and I think Johnny, maybe if you go back and rewatch it, this fight gets a little closer for you. I don't know if it passes. Batman Begins, but um,
0: oh, there for, he
2: is. It, yeah, like you know, you know how much my- <laughs> Tristan's here, and now he's not. But uh, Johnny, you know much how much I love Batman Begins and this this Nolan trilogy. But as an individual movie, I think Creed passes it, even if it's just by a little bit. I think just the the performances, the energy that it has in the directing uh, in the fight scenes alone. Um, the, uh, what, what they were able to do with an older franchise like Rocky and bring in someone and you kind of feel like it's, you're watching it for the first time, even though they tell similar beats to the very first one, they tell it in a really interesting way. Uh, they give you a really good look at Philadelphia, which is also very important for important for the Rocky franchise. Um, the music, the way they use it, uh, the old score and new bringing it back is great. Um, they're both great movies, but to me, Creed is, is just a better-made film.
0: All right. So well, if we have a battle on our to
1: hits, I'm
2: not changing
0: yeah. my opinion. There's no chance in that.
1: Yeah, Batman Begins is one of Joe's top movies of all time. Yeah. And I love Creed, one, but it ain't Batman Begins. Kill to jump over. Yeah, I just think – I mean, Creed is great, but like – i don't know at the end of the day it's still a sports movie and i feel like sports movies have just such a lower ceiling as films in general than a lot of other genres and i love sports but like creed is great and it hypes you up and stuff but it doesn't have anything to like really make you think like it has stallone's performance and all the performances are good but also like it has moments that fall flat for me are like the um you know I know it's a big thing in the area, but the moment that's supposed to get you hyped up, like the original Rocky running up the steps is him running down the street with all the dudes doing tricks on their motorcycles. And that scene falls so flat for me that that is what hinders, like even just going back to it, I'm like, man, if only they nailed the like get him hyped up for the fight scene. And they really kind of failed at that for me. It's just so overlong and nothing in that is visually cool. To me, at least, I know that scene worked for some people, but I don't know. Batman begins, like from start to finish, I think is an incredible movie. I think, um, every moment in that movie works for me. I like the, yeah, the plot has some holes with the water stuff, but I like that in, in a big blockbuster movie. I like being able to point to kind of a goofy villain plot in some ways, but the dealing with your fear, Joe said it like Batman begins is the best Batman movie to ever come out. Um, and to me, I just think Batman is just a more interesting character than Rocky or Creed or anyone in that franchise. As much as I love the franchise, um, just it, it's that one's going to be a tough one for me to sway on, and I know Joe's not say, swaying on it. And I
0: will say this as far as like another defensive Batman begins. Like, Creed is the story – like, I've brought it up, but Creed is essentially the story of – you know, the the Rocky story with just slight twists throughout it, where Batman Begins is a full-on, like, completely different story. There is no Batman movie that's anywhere similar to this story. It's this completely whole original thing. The tone is completely different. It's a complete reimagining of everything we've seen before in a Batman movie, where Creed is kind of just the same but modernized.
3: Yeah. When I think of my all time favorite movie sequences, I'll always think of the final fight in Creed. I'll always think of being in that theater and being so engaged with the final fight that it was as if you were watching like an actual fight in an actual like stadium in an actual arena. People were cheering, people were clapping and I know you guys are big sports fans, but I'm not really. I mean I I appreciate like the athleticism of of, like the physical body or whatever, but I've never really been the person who sits there and like watches sports or analyzes any level of, of sports. I don't think I've watched a single UFC fight, or in my whole entire, or like, any kind of, like, boxing fight in my life, outside of, like, Korea and Rocky, but for me, this worked even beyond just being a sports movie, and I think it worked in terms of, like, this man trying to live up to the legacy of his of his father and someone that he never even really knew, and and, and I think that, like, is, there's an element of that in this movie that I think sometimes is overlooked, like, Johnny just called, it like, oh, it's just another sports movie, but I think there's a lot in it as well about Adonis trying to kind of figure out himself within his own legacy of who he is and trying to find his own path among that. Uh, So I think Creed definitely, I just love that movie. And it's similar to Joe. It's like, I don't know how to budge against a movie. That's like one of my all-time favorite movies against a movie that I do really definitely like a lot. But like to me, just is not on the level of this one.
1: I'll say this. We're talking about revitalizing franchises And yeah, if you look at it as a whole, as movies were split, but look at the movie that came directly after both of these and where they are now. The Dark Knight is, I know if this was the Dark Knight versus Creed, we'd be singing different tunes. It'd probably be a clean sweep Mm -hmm. here. Um, And Creed 2 was fine. Like it, it had some moments, but it was was just, it was was nothing more than fine. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like the next Creed movie, I'm going to see, but I'm not going to go into it with any hype. And the next Batman movie, I know it's a different, like kind of a different franchise now, but the whole reason we're getting the Matt Reeves Batman is because of Batman Begins. So I think the tiebreaker for this should come down to what revitalized the franchise better. And I think that is Batman Begins over Creed for sure. And what I I
2: was gonna say, Yeah. What I was going to say before even you said that is that, um, you know, Tristan, like you said, you wouldn't probably be able to budge is one of your favorites. Joe, it's one of your fav- favorites and you're not going to budge. And then Johnny is a lot further apart on his than it is for me. I would say yeah. um, Batman Begins and Creed are a lot closer. So if that's going to be the tiebreaker, I would say between the four of us, Batman Begins probably has more you know, points with that. Because um, I do love the movie. It's, it is one of my favorite franchises. So uh, I'm good with that
3: yeah and i do want to fall back on that when i had that in my own head when i came down to this movie or that movie i did go to okay which one better revitalized or better rebooted or better captured the franchise as a whole and i do think like without batman begins we don't get any of this new era of superhero stuff and i love my my snyder verse and that kind of stuff and i don't think we get any of that without this movie i love my logan and i don't think we ever get logan i don't think we get joker i don't think we get any of that without this movie coming out so yeah in terms of impact it's hard to hard to argue against that, that in that way
0: And so that leads us to our first movie that's going to make the championship. We have Toy Story 3 versus Casino Royale. Two very different movies. And with that, uh, I will go to Johnny first.
1: I'll say this. my My top four movies of my list are not in this order, but Toy Story 3, Mad Max Fury Road, Batman Begins, and Casino Royale. So it's all come down to there's not like a big difference of where these really lie. So I think the, the fights are going to be close. Um, I think it's tough because Casino Royale is definitely like a better movie for me and of a franchise that I care more about just as like a fan of. But Toy Story 3 has a lot more nostalgia for me. Um, Toy Story was the first movie I was ever taken to in theaters. And then Toy Story 3 came out at that perfect time right when I was like, you know, choosing what college I was going to and all that stuff that this movie deals with hit me right at the perfect time. Um, So it's really tough. Um, If I go based on like my tiebreaker for the last one, which one did its job better as far as like revitalizing? Casino Royale did the perfect job of rebooting, but yeah, it was followed by the writer's strike and Quantum and people were mixed on that. Toy Story 3 should have just been the end. Toy Story 4 might hurt that that, you know, did it, but Toy Story 3 was supposed to come out when it did and be the finale, and I think it did that job maybe better than, like, Casino Royale as far as rebooting, so while Casino Royale is my higher choice, I think just talking about remakes and reboots and stuff and talking about these movies, I think, for me, it's going to be Toy Story 3 here, shockingly. I didn't think that when I started talking, but I kind of talked myself into it.
0: Alright, and with that I'll go to the other big Bond fan to see if he feels similarly or if he's gonna stick with his friend Daniel Craig.
2: Well, with with that decision, I think uh we all kinda know probably where um this is going based on kind of your your thoughts on Casino Royale, but it's it's really close. Obviously I said Casino Royale is my number one, but like Johnny said, as we've been talking through in the in the context of the bracket, um Toy Story Three has a lot of points that kind of make it a lot closer than it would be if it's just looking at just my, my own rankings um, I think I still have to go with Casino Royale just because of how much I love that movie and the connection I have to it um, And but Toy Story 3 is like Johnny said very nostalgic It it's a masterpiece of Pixar I think um, and it would be right behind it so just because I think I know where your two votes are going I'll just stick with Casino Royale to, so it at least has
1: one vote here
0: <laughs> All right, and, uh, I will
1: go. Yeah, I would have liked to have been the Tybalt on one why? if it came to it, but I don't know where Joe's going with it. I have a feeling on Tristan, but I
3: don't know about Joe.
0: Yeah, Tristan, where's where your vote going?
3: I do really like Casino Royale. I don't want to say it's a terrible movie. I think it's a really strong revitalization of the franchise, and especially now that we've gotten No Time to Die, I think this movie's moved up in my mind because in the end we did get a good conclusion. Even though I do think Quantum was a bit of a mess, uh, I can overlook. A couple of misses if in the end it does wrap up well in a franchise so I think for me Casino Royale moved up the the ranking for me as this new one came out so maybe as I get maybe if I do a rewatch through the entire, the entire like Craig run I might even like Casino Royale even more than I already do but I think Toy Story 3 accomplished so much in terms of revitalizing the franchise and and re- hitting the emotional beats and uh, we've seen Pixar try to revise their franchises before. Like we have Cars sequels, and we have a couple other Pixar. Finding Dory was another one where Pixar tried to be like, "Oh, we had a really iconic movie a few years ago. Let's like bring the characters back again." And that movie just kind of flopped like a fish, you know. And I think we never really got anything uh, in terms of the Pixar sequels that was even close to this. So I'm gonna go ahead and give the win to Toy Story 3, although it is closer than I may made, made it out before my other arguments. But, but Casino Royale. Uh, you had a good run, but Toy Story three just hits the emotions a lot harder.
0: All right. Uh, when I submitted my list, uh, Casino Royale was number five and Toy Story three was number seven. However, Ooh. I agree with Johnny as we were talking about these things and as we mm-hmm. were, uh, uh, you know, talking about reboots and I, sp- I think even as I'm just sitting here thinking about Toy Story three more, just all of the emotions I felt during that movie. It came out right at the perfect time. You know, I graduated the same year as Johnny did, so it came out the summer before my senior year of high school. It was just the right movie at the right time, and it's just hard to recapture that feeling, and every time I see it, I get that same feeling, so my vote would be for uh, Toy Story 3 as well. And I will say, as the host, it's difficult, because I was thinking Johnny and Bobby vote for Casino Royale, Tristan I was 50-50 on, but I figured he was leaning Toy Story 3, and I figured I was leaning Toy Story 3, so I thought we had another battle on our hands, but...
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day what it came down to is when you look at it Toy Story 3 just I think it had a little more of an uphill battle Casino Royale is the better movie, but I think it it only it still only came out 4 years after Die Another Day. It wasn't even as big of a gap between Batman and Robins and Batman McGinn, so while the franchise was in the shitter after Die Another Day, it was still decently relevant a theater, you know, a movie had just come out in theaters 4 years before. Um, and that's basically been the gap in between all the Craig movies after that anyway. So I, I just think with Toy Story 3, it was just such an epic conclusion. And they had um, kind of higher odds against them knocking out of the park. And they did. And fuck that one guy who gave it a negative review. It should be uh, the only um, um, franchise with all Amand 100%. on White? White
0: or whatever.
1: Yeah, that, dude, yeah, that dude. Look him up. He is the worst reviewer. in Yeah. Discredited. Yeah. All
0: yeah. right. And so with that, we have our... Uh, Matchup to see who's gonna take on Toy, Toy Story 3 in the finals, and that is Mad Max: Fury Road versus Batman Begins. And uh, you know we've we've said I think I've said everything I could say on both of these movies. I've talked yeah. about how Batman Begins is in my top four all time. Have not said the same for Mad Max: Fury Road. Everyone that's watching or listening or just on this podcast knows where my vote's going. I'm not even gonna vocalize it. Tristan, where's your vote going?
3: It's really actually very difficult here because I think both of these are phenomenal accomplishments in what they're trying to do. And Free Road does feel like, it it kind of feels like a missed potential in a way because you can tell they are setting up a lot of characters to come back for sequels. And we might get that Free Yosa movie, but it seems like it's going to be a shell of what it was like originally intended to be. And I, I think in a way I'm going to give a squeezing win here to Batman Begins just because, it did actually revitalize Batman and we got a Dark Knight out of this and Dark Knight Rises sure gets like some hits against it once in a while, but I think it's still one of the better Batman movies. And we get one of my favorite movies of all time with Batman v Superman because of this. And we get a lot of really uh, ambitious attempts at making superhero movies interesting because of this. So I'm going to, even though I've spent spent the whole episode kind of trying to fight against Batman Begins in the end here, I'm going to go ahead and, Put it into my final two and give the win to Batman Begins for my vote. All right.
0: Tristan Mayer, who says Batman Begins is not a good standalone movie, but Batman v Superman is one of his all-time favorites. All right, then. Uh, Bobby, uh, we'll go to you next.
2: Yeah. Um, even though I, you know, I argued against Batman Begins last time uh, and then it ended up conceding, um, and I said that Mad Max Fury Road was a lot higher on my list. Just though, as we, as we keep talking about revitalizing franchises, um, it became a lot closer, especially, Johnny. You know, you're talking about more Toy Story 3 and what kind of that did um, as well, even though that one was a conclusion to it. Mad Max, like Tristan said, is a lot of missed potential where they, they set up a lot of stuff. It, because of behind the scenes production issues, is maybe not going to happen or at least not how it was intended um so maybe in the context of the bracket because it it batman begins went on to start one of my favorite trilogies and one of like the best trilogy in one of my favorite um franchises i I think i might be leaning batman begins here even though it was a lot lower on my list
1: initially
0: all right johnny your vote doesn't matter but what are you thinking yeah i'll say i I mean i think
1: mad max is awesome and i have so much fun with it but like tristan said like this is about reboots and man max Fury road was a revival of the franchise, but it didn't end up rebooting things as it should have. We should have gotten at least one, if not two of these movies by now. And just, you know, outside things and just production limits, you know, we haven't been able to see what, what came next. Batman begins. We kind of got that full story and we're still highly anticipating new Batman films. So as far as like putting a franchise back on the map, batman begins did it better than anything
0: all right and uh so with that we have our championship matchup toy story 3 versus batman begins i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of stats based on how we seeded these uh in our last in our horror movie matchup based on uh you know the rankings of how we rank them uh this is uh let me pull this up real quick This is our four seed versus our six seed. Batman Begins was our four, and uh, Toy Story three was our six. So, I kind of like this format. I think I mean part of it. I think is us as we're going through recontextualizing what constitutes a a you know a a winner. But I think this format allows for more upsets rather than going by our own seeding. Um. So I will go to Tristan because I have no idea how you're gonna vote.
3: Unfortunately, neither do I, so I might have to talk my way through I've this argument in my head. Today,
0: so. I've had <laughs> I had no through, idea yeah. I was going to go with Casino Royale over The Force Awakens until about three seconds into talking. So,
1: Yeah, same with Toy Story 3 for me. I think that like the funny thing is I used that argument to win over Batman Begins over Creed, and that's what kind of made me choose Toy Story 3 over Casino Royale. Um, so I don't know. All
3: right. This is difficult because you do... We want to look at the title and say remake reboot revival obviously if you look at it that way batman begins revived the franchise way better than toy story did. like we got one toy story sequel in it after this one and it was all right but at the same time toy story 3's goal wasn't to like revive the franchise to bring it back to life necessarily it was to give it a proper conclusion and i think that's something that is valuable in in this in the Hollywood world today, where things seem to yeah. want to go on forever and ever and ever, and to have a movie come out that ends the arcs, gives you that emotional finality of saying goodbye to these characters, uh, is really a great important thing uh, to have. And then they of course came and they made another one, you know. And I think if there was no Toy Story four, I would be way more split on this. But it's hard to call Toy Story three the finale of the franchise when there's a Toy Story four after it. Uh, so, and then when I comparatively look at Batman Begins, you can say there's ups and downs. to the, or Of course, there are ups and downs to the Batman franchise after this. And uh, people didn't like the Zack Snyder take. And then that kind of is in, in limbo now. And now we have this new take coming up once again. And I think it showed Batman's one of those fascinating characters that I think can be given to all kinds of different directors and been done in all kinds of different ways. So I I think that it also gives the win here to Batman Begins. I think it just envelop- kind of embodies the potential of a reboot and you can take the idea of a character and take all these scattered things from his comic book origins. Okay. The League of Shadows are this, and we have this from that, and we have this from that, and we're going to put it all on the tone of like Batman year one, and we're going to make it out into this indie art house director is going to make it. And like, that sounds like a crazy combination of things that would never have happened in 2021 era Hollywood, but it happened in this era. And I think it, uh, I'll always look back on it as a really great moment. And one of the, final times at a comic book movie was very much like okay give it to the director let them do whatever they want type of movie so i i like this is a revival of the comic book genre but also is like this big turning point where it became a huge huge corporate thing
0: yeah i will say uh i was shocking myself even as tristan started talking i'm like where is my vote gonna go am i gonna go for the movie that i've loved for the longest time am i gonna go with a movie that maybe has the more you know as we we're talking about how much toy story 3 actually affected me but i agree with Tristan i think if toy story 4 doesn't come out my vote may have went to toy story 3 but it's hard f- to call toy story 3 like this great finale to this uh franchise and i said i said i thought to myself walking out of toy story 4 that they should have called this movie woody cuz it's so completely just different and completely different themes and almost like the opposite message of the previous Toy Story movies where all the previous Toy Story movies were like oh we gotta you know it's all about the kid you all gotta go back to like the kid everything is about helping Andy and then Toy Story 4 is like screw the kid focus on yourself which I get the message in that movie but with how much that movie was focused on Woody and not all of the toys I think the movie would have been better received if they had not called it Toy Story 4 and called it Woody and I think it would have just made the Toy Story trilogy stand on its own better and I yeah, I agree with Tristan. They call it they don't make Toy Story Four or just don't have it part of that you know, saga of films. I think I may go Toy Story Three, but I can't really call it this great end of a franchise when it isn't. So my vote goes to the great beginning of another franchise in Batman Begins. And with that uh cool. I will go to Johnny, who either makes this interesting, who has who voted for Toy Story three over one of his favorite movies of all time, or declares Batman Begins the winner.
1: It's it is tough, like you guys said, but Ayako, basically in my head was everything that Joe, um, interest in both mentioned, but Joe specifically saying like, if Toy Story four didn't come out, this would be Toy Story three probably. But if I'm looking at my tiebreaker, because these are just two of my favorite films that have ever been made. Um, My tiebreaker is like, what did its job better as like what we are ranking? Batman Begins rebooted Batman and put him back on the map. Toy Story 3 set out to be the conclusion, was the perfect conclusion. And then they just made Toy Story 4 and kind of hindered that. So um, yeah, I I think just if that's the tiebreaker we're going on, and I think that's the best way to decide this for this bracket, it's got to be batman begins for what it did for not only what it represented for batman as a franchise but for superhero movies and and like tristan mentioned all the stuff like the real serious down to earth ones that actually stand out to me over a lot of the other ones um batman begins is that is that for me so i'm gonna go with that uh as well and i don't know what bobby would have done but a possible clean sweep in the Finale after a lot of build-up, but I think we are going with the right pick after kind of deciphering a lot of, um, you know, what won over what. I think Batman Begins kind of encapsulates all of that.
0: Yeah, Bobby, would would it have been a clean sweep, or would you have you know voted for Toy Story three, which I think uh, would have been a worthy winner if uh, we right. went that it, way?
2: It would have been, um, but I think it just came came down to as we were doing the bracket and we defined kind of how how we were ranking these and how we were moving them along and what beat what, you know, on what, um, standards, I think Batman begins did what it set out to do. Like, like you guys said, it it rebooted the franchise and started a new franchise, um, and revitalized, uh, Batman as a character, uh, in pop culture, uh, and moving forward. That's why we're getting more movies. And Toy Story three set out to be the conclusion and it would have been a lot stronger of a contender if Toy Story four didn't come out, like you said. So, um, even though it was lower on my list, I love the movie. And the more we talked about it, I think it just fits more criteria of our bracket of a reboot, mm-hmm. um, you know, of a franchise. So uh, yeah, I, I would have given it the, the clean sleep, qu- clean sweep as well.
0: All right. And I want to make a quick uh, proposal. Uh, I want your guys thoughts. Uh, a great film in Casino Royale uh, won the James Bond bracket made the final four of the reboot, remake, and revival bracket. Uh, can we make it eligible as the first uh, entrance into the Movie Change-Up Bracket Hall of Fame, where if we ever do another bracket that it's eligible for, it's just automatically ineligible? We've said everything we're ever going to need to say about Casino Royale. I feel like... I say we, we retire do... it until That's we do...
1: Yeah. We retire it unless we do a list of, like, the movie change up all-time favorite movies and yeah. if, and okay, I would can say fall that. into that there you go yeah but like yeah. if like we that. do
0: like top movies of the 2000 like 2000s to t- bracket of the top movies of the 2000s to 2010s then it's just like what what else excluding are we excluding
1: casino royale yeah
0: <laughs> casino royale it's yeah. one one bracket and made final four in another it's we've talked about it if you want to hear our thoughts on it
1: yeah
0: there you go and the funny there. thing so, is if if i was closer on
1: Creed, than Batman Begins, and I had voted for that, and we hadn't even really discussed the what did the job better. It, The Casino Royale might have been in the f- finals against either Creed or Mad Max Fury Road, because that probably would have got my vote if we hadn't really just had that discussion. So I think Batman Begins going through, and that being the tiebreaker, is what ended up winning it. But if it came down to Batman Begins versus Casino Royale, no. or Creed versus Casino Royale, we might be looking at a different champion and then it would have possibly won two brackets so it kind of lost on a buzzer beater at the end there in the final four yeah all
0: right Mm -hmm. anyone else have any final thoughts about this bracket any
3: uh any it was an interesting conversation especially as we got into the debate of like what is a reboot and what isn't and uh i i'm especially surprised because like when i looked at my list just now i'm like oh like i'm not a lot of mine made it far but that was mostly because like as we got more into the discussion of what of, like, which did the job better? A lot of these that I hadn't necessarily thought of went on big runs. You know, I didn't necessarily consider Toy Story 3 when I was thinking of reboots, revivals. And then I, as we were talking about it, it really kind of started to click for me. And as we started talking about Batman Begins, it really started to click on just how much that really did do to revive the entire franchise and genre. So, a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I got to watch Ocean's Eleven for the first time because of this. And I was really impressed by that one. So, uh, a fun win there.
0: I'll say my number one one, so I'm happy with that. Two great films, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All
0: right, Bobby. Any... Yeah, my
1: final four oh, all okay. made it, so I, that's, yeah. that works for me. Yeah. Bobby, yeah. Any
0: yeah.
1: final. Yeah.
2: No, I... Yeah, I mean it's it's always fun to do these because um, you you rank them on your own uh, and like looking at my list, you know, a lot of mine made it pretty far, um, and at least our final four, everything was at least on there. But uh, I wouldn't have expected to to. You know, put Batman Begins uh, even in the final four based on my list, but uh, it's always fun to come up with the criteria as we go, basically, yeah. and yeah. um, mm-hmm. kind of talk through it. So, uh, yeah, it's always a lot of fun. I like these brackets.
0: All right, uh, check out this weekend. Tristan and I will be doing another episode of our Disney Plus weekly review. Seems because of Disney Plus Day uh, last week that it's going to be a slow day. I think we're going to be reviewing Doogie Kamealoha MD. And then, uh, because it's Thanksgiving next weekend, and Hawkeye is premiering, we are both going to be pitching uh, MCU Thanksgiving movies. So that will be uh, fun, something for us to do. Otherwise, our episode's going to be about 10 minutes long. And, oh, we will also be giving uh, Thanksgiving... Uh, episode recommendations because there are no Thanksgiving movies uh, at all. That's partially why we're pitching MCU Thanksgiving movies. I already have what I'm going to do locked down. No idea what Tristan's doing. And if you're watching the live stream, I believe Tristan, Bobby, and I are going to be doing a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer reaction,
3: which that trailer dropped about an hour and a half ago. And if speaking you're of this, reboots and revivals oh, yeah. and franchises oh, yeah, that I never say, never seem to stop, you the know, the whole reason we were doing yep. this is
0: Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out this weekend. That's why we were doing a you know reboot, revival, whatever uh, thing. And then if you're watching this on you know YouTube or the podcast version, then that trailer reaction should be out already. And, uh, all right, that's all I have to say. Without further ado, goodbye. Hey, thank you for watching the Movie Change-Up Podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed,
3: and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.